two, one. Oh, Wait, <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> okay. Three, uh-huh. two, okay. one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Well, I'll get it. I'll get it. You can't. Welcome make to the... respawn. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, episode 74. We are starting this one out great. This is the Irreverent Kick-Ass Gaming Podcast, formerly known as Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Uh, yo soy Chad Michael Ennis, and uh, Holden Departo's over there. Say hi, Holden. Hi, my name is Holden Departo. And joining us this week is our third lifelong friend. That's a bit we used to do like a year ago. Do you remember that? We used to always make up yeah, a do. third person that was supposed to be here, and then they would never yeah. actually be here. We have one. I'm finally here. We said that one time yourself. we had John Cena on, but he had tape on his mouth. So remember, he couldn't talk. <laughs> he was duct taped to the yeah. chair. Yeah, he was with us though. He was there. Daniel, Woo! welcome. Je suis Daniel. Ooh, la France, a fromage right. con leche. <laughs> Omelette du fromage. I just said with milks in Spanish in a French accent, so that's. Uh, I want you guys to know that the acronym for your podcast is RAF, which is also the Royal Air Force. Just keep that that's, in mind. Uh, that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we started from Royal Air Force and worked backwards. That's right. Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why you're relevant? What your favorite game is? Who is the king of Prussia? Does Prussia still exist? <laughs> Where was that mm-hmm. geographically? I mostly am just curious about Prussia. I can so. actually answer that, but um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yo, what up? Okay, I just had y'all on my podcast, so now you're having me on your podcast. What's your podcast? My Plug podcast it. is Tequila. Uh, it's a podcast where nerds talk tech while taking a shot of tequila every ten minutes, at least for the main episodes. There are filler episodes that are not drinking episodes because I can't drink every week that much because it's a lot. Um, but yeah, just had y'all on on Friday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Put it up Sunday though, um, or no, sorry, Saturday evening, and uh, that was a particularly fun episode. It came out really it well. Was a freaking blast! Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So it was so much fun. We brought Daniel onto our show. That's right. Yeah, so no drinking this time though. Sorry, fans. Oh, we won't let hear us drink. You don't know that. <laughs> I guess I should. But put if you want your drink, you can go listen to tequila, <laughs> and then you can listen to us drink. I do have beer, so. Oh, okay. tell us what you're drinking. This is how your episode. This is if you guys haven't listened to Tequila, this is how his show starts. I'm drinking water from a Hufflepuff cup. Oh, gross! The <laughs> and, uh, worst I'm house. Drinking, uh, water I know Gryffindor is well. dirty because I drank it this morning. Oh, okay, there. You, well, I mean, Gryffindor is also just a dirty, dirty boy. Um, oh, fuck you! You guys cut out there, so I just got right got back into <laughs> Gryffindor is a dirty, dirty boy. Boys, <laughs> where I cut right back into it. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate statement. I'm actually I have grapefruit juice and beer, which is an interesting combo, as well as my dinner in the same cup. Yes. <laughs> I mean that would just be a rattler. Do you have like a separator in the cup? <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Do you guys remember those cups that had like two different sections? And the- fuck it, this is a gaming oh. podcast. Um- <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. Every time I'm on a show, I derail the fuck out of it. <laughs> there, there, there are two segments, so like you could drink two. Th- it's like I've seen those. Yes, it's like a suicide cup. But instead of mixing it all together, you have it like in separate compartments. It's double fisting in a cup. Right. It's like <laughs> fisting in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> I think they call those fleshlights. No. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Not quite. There's, you put them on the end of a bike, and then somebody bikes, and then it just punches well, you right in the asshole. There are children that listen to this, Holden. Shut up. <laughs> I actually, you guys are breaking up a crazy. I can't even really hear half the stuff you're saying right now. I'm going to switch to audio. Oh, Sorry, right, I'll miss you. Bye. I can still hear you. Hopefully. Great, wonderful. That's a beautiful picture of you. How old were you in that picture? 
Uh, that was when I was at Six Flags in like 2014 or something like that. So it was like four years ago. Oh, that's adorable. That is a cute photo of you. Uh, whoa. Oh, thanks, guys. Whoa. Damn. That's right. I'm it's making a move on your in. man. Oh, you guys. <laughs> Guess what the fuck happened this week? What the fuck That's happened right. this week? That's right. We're starting with the Nindy Showcase Summer. This is, Do wait, you guys mind going on. to video to audio wait, uh, as well, uh, actually? Because uh, I can barely hear you guys now. Wait, we'll go to audio only. <laughs> you guys, welcome backstage. Chad's Whoa, like, you're nope. fucking up my transitions. Just, how do I do this? <laughs> what is the... Google Hangouts? There we go. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. There we go. You guys, it you sounded, know the it sounded like mechanical, like when you're listening through like a hearing aid or something. Have you ever listened to a hearing aid before? Yes. No, it I'm, uh, I'm a young adult male. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had this old person who was like, do you want to listen to my, my hearing aids? I'm like, you know, actually, I really would like to hear what that's like. And I tried them. Okay. It wasn't voluntary Kinda in my gross, case. I just but... grabbed my grandpa's. <laughs> wow just but it's kind of tinny grandpa's. sounding it's actually not pleasant anyway that's what you guys Wait, are you like. plugged into ethernet no uh okay but we found it doesn't make a difference because my internet connection here sucks okay um fair enough anyway let's actually get started with this yeah and then i cut you off i know you did and you still cut me off because you're inconsiderate <laughs> <laughs> nintendo indie showcase i believe this is called was it not nindies this one, so last week's was the indie um, was indie event. This oh, one is Nindy's showcase, summer twenty. Wait, so this one is called Nindy's. This one is called Nindy's. Oh, last get it week together, was Nendo. This is weird. Okay, continue. They started it off just by saying that it is a part two to last week's event. But the last week, and so it's didn't y'all say the last week's one was like on the fucking like UK channel or some shit? Like yeah, some random yeah, bullshit. It was on the UK channel dropped without notice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Okay, this, this sounds very Nintendo. The better one. Yeah, this one. Yeah, I agree. This one was better, but it also there was a I think f- at least five days notice for this one. Okay. I don't know why they did that. Why would they just spontaneously release one and then give five days notice to one that's coming out a week later? I don't know. Because like I don't any know, company, they, different segments of the company don't talk to each other. That's very true. This is Nintendo of America versus uh, Nintendo of EU. So let's run through some of the announcements that they made. I don't um, know I'm just kidding, go. (laughs) (laughs) So the first game they showed off was called Hyper Light Drifter Special Edition. It comes out September 6th. It looks like um, Kimiko. That was Kimiko at first, which is a a Switch Have you never heard of Hyper Light Drifter? No, I Uh, haven't. Oh, it's been out for a long time on a lot of systems. Yeah, I got that vibe. They talked about it as if it had already been out before. Also, it's called Special Edition. That's usually not the first game. How special is it? It's Um, one of those, like, on my backlog. A lot of people. It's gotten excellent reviews from a lot of places. Has it? I've just never played it. I've never heard of it before. I have heard of the next game, though. That's called Towerfall. Oh. We actually played another developer's game, uh, Celeste, earlier this year. That's Ooh. right. Celeste. It rhymes with molest. And you're allowed to say oh, that because the name in the mountain, not the woman. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Celeste was fantastic. This game is called Towerfall. And ever since Celeste came out, people have been asking for this to be available on Switch. But it is now coming September 27th. It's a, um, a competitive game. Kind of side-scrolling action game with with your friends, basically, is the idea behind it. This time, you're going to be able to play as Madeline and Badeline from uh, Celeste, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Fun fact. And then, Badeline. Yes. Towerfall launched as an Ouya exclusive. Did it really? It really did. That's amazing. That's hysterical. And then all the expansions are included with that game as well. Um, next game, uh, Treasure Stack, coming in winter 2018. 
looks kind of strange. And it's like Zarvot. Tetris with treasure boxes. Yeah, mm. with treasure boxes, yeah. Zarvat uh, is coming October 2018. This was strange. It was like you're playing as a cube. It reminded me of like Thomas Was Alone, but in Don't you 3D. even compare but it to doesn't Thomas look like was it's going to be that good. Thomas Was Alone was magical. I know, but I just added on. I don't think it's going to be that good. It doesn't look that good. You literally only wrote that because Thomas was alone is about squares and this is about cubes. So it's literally it, Thomas was alone in 3D. <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. That's why I wrote the note. <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. Oh, uh, it is cubes. You're right. It does star cubes. Yeah. Uh, the next game I actually am interested in. Really? To see at least how it is. Yeah. Oh, it, it looks no. Like it they went hardcore into cats. And I fucking hate cats. <laughs> <laughs> So it's called uh, Miniko's uh, Night Market. It looks very Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley in the sense that you are, in this case, you're maintaining a shop in a night market in town, and you are venturing around to the other people in your town or kind of the areas around it to, I guess, gather resources. It wasn't super um, clear in the trailer, but gathering resources for your market is what it looks like. Daniel, um, what, are, what are your thoughts on Animal Crossing-style games? Uh, not my thing, but I a lot of my friends love them, and so, you know, I can appreciate that people like them. God, you're so stupid and considerate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here I for. I just think I... that they're all the most boring parts of the video games that you don't like playing, like all the fetch quests and shit. It really is, but my friend Kyle, who, um, she's dope, uh, she, she studies... Um, She's a, a psychology PhD candidate, and her her studies are like stress studies in Smash tournaments. She's cool as fuck. Um, she loves uh, Animal Crossing because she says it's like part of her like daily routine. Like she carries around her 3ds just to do the like little daily thingies in the game. She also liked that Magikarp jump game on mobile. So, but, oh man, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I open up Pokemon Go. I send people gifts. Right. I get my Stardust. I'm so over gifts, but yeah, anyway. You got to for Celebi, man. Oh, you, uh, man, I, I'm falling behind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't make fun of Animal Crossing. You guys are playing Pokemon. Go. Okay, <laughs> get yeah, out of here. Pokemon's that. a lot more popular. <laughs> True. Next well, up, Animal Crossing Samurai Gun 2. Moving on to something that's not derived. Because I had nothing else me. to say about that game at all. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> Wait, did you really have more to say? No, we can go on. It's fine. Great. Samurai Gun 2. <laughs> there you go. Early 2019. I don't remember anything about this game, which might say I don't either. all you yeah. need to know about it. Uh, <laughs> Bullet Age, November 2018. Again. Yep. Yep. World Next Door, early 2019. Great. Whatever. Other game that looked interesting was uh, Levelhead. Do you guys remember this one? No. Levelhead, Levelhead. Describe it. It's it's kind of like a little big plan in the sense that you are making your levels. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I looked at this and said, mm, not interested in content creation. <laughs> really? There was one part. I don't I, I'm just, play I them too much, but it. I, I kind of like how Daniel feels about Animal Crossing games. I appreciate them. I get it, but they're not really for me. Yeah. I like to play really good shit made by other people, but I just can't spend <laughs> the time making it myself. And most of what people make is also trash. I so mean, what about like a Mario Maker kind of thing where you can like download maps and shit? Yeah, but like 95% of the maps that people make are shit. That's true. So then you got to sift through all that. <laughs> and Mario Maker does not have good discovery. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Dis- oh, dis- yes. Discovery, like finding maps. Yeah, like, like a that. Discover yeah. in Spotify or whatever. I thought you meant like Discovery in the levels themselves. I'm like, no, well, that's a channel. Yeah, that's like people <laughs> do it like they do on that channel. Um, next game was King of the Hat. It right. was a hat 
hat-based what the fuck? party game. Hat-based party game. I'm, I am okay. I am kind of into this a lot. <laughs> it's literally a bunch of stupid things wearing hats, and you have to try to crush the other person's hat. That's actually. And we mean stupid things. Like one of them is a washing machine, and its hat is a laundry basket. Oh on top of it. my god! This sounds like a really yeah. good party game. Yeah, and you're just jumping yeah. around the screen throwing your hat at people, but also if they crush your hat, you die. Uh, my so, favorite is the birthday boy, where every day is his birthday. <laughs> Wait, so is this going to be so like stupid. you know, like like four person local or what? Oh yeah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yes, four, maybe six, maybe it's just four. I thought I saw four, but maybe maybe we're wrong. What is this called? The king in the hat. King, king of, the, of hat. the hat. King of, like king the, of the, the hill, hat. but king of the hat. Oh, that is cute. This is cute. <laughs> I want this. Okay, I'm all about this. Anyway, speaking of <laughs> speaking of cute, Untitled Goose Game, great name. Yeah, great. This name. looks amazing. It's my favorite thing announced at the whole event. This seems kind of wait. A long... That's literally the name of the thing. That's um, it. Yeah, it's literally called Untitled Goose Game. And you're just a goose walking around town, like eating people's sandwiches, and like. <laughs> also, <laughs> side note: I don't know where the fuck you guys are. Like, I'm literally googling around for this list of shit. Can't find it. <laughs> it's in the note. Look in the the shared note that Holden sent. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was like trying to find it myself man, on just my like, own. <laughs> where is this? Every single game you're googling the title. Yeah, Basically. Holden does extensive, like crazy extensive notes each week. Word. Oh yeah, there they are. Okay, so, so this goose game, go. Yeah, so the goose game. You tried nailed it. I mean, the game really just seems to be bothering people in the town. By eating their sandwiches or taking things from them or just chasing them around. Oh, I kind of like this art style. It's squawking at them. Yeah. yeah, the art style is really good. The animations is what makes it funny to me, though. The animations are really fluid and in general, they're or just like hysterical of the people to watch. or of the goose or in general. Yeah, in general, they all look really good. Oh my god, it looks I like the it's Affleck be Kind of like uh, along the lines of I Am Bread or Goat <laughs> Simulator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where like. It's funny at first, but then like it quickly loses its charm. I don't know. If this were ten bucks, I would get it in a heartbeat. Prove it. Put your money where your mouth is. I can't pre-purchase it yet. Early twenty nineteen. Also, money's digital now. What is money? (laughs) What is money? That's a good question. What is money? (laughs) Welcome to the What Is Money podcast. Yeah, this is a currency podcast. We don't have many listeners. (laughs) This untitled Um, goose cake looks amazing. Yeah, it's really surprising that it looks so as good as it does. It's one of those that you do have to see in motion, because in motion yes. is, the motion is how it sold me. Well, that um, and the animation style, or like the illustration well, style. That's what I mean, like how fluid everything um, looks when it's moving. Mm-hmm. It just looks really nice in movement. Um, wow. He did a montage of just a bunch of different games after that. These are all, I think, really like big, the big games hitters, too. or a lot of the big hitters. Desert Child is the first one, December 2018. Wasteland 2 is coming to Switch, September 13th. Bastion, September 13th. Woo! Awesome nice. game. Such Ooh. a good game. Um, yes. Very excited about that one. The Messenger, August 30th. Undertale, Messenger is Chad. getting some great previews. Yes. The Messenger, uh, Undertale for you, Chad. Previews? Undertale. If you haven't played Undertale, that game is fucking hysterical. I have not. I'm going to play that on Switch. I probably Made by will one on dude, and it's fucking hysterical and brilliant. <clears throat> Jackbox Party Pack 5, coming October 2018. Nice. Transistor, also from the same guys who made Bastion, November 2018. Woo! Dragon, marked for death, December 13th. Little fing- uh, Light Fingers, sep- uh, September 20th. I almost called it <laughs> Little, Little Fingers. Fingers from Game of Thrones, but no. That's Little right. Finger. And then uh, Super Brothers, Sword and yes. Sorcery EP, October 2018. That is a 
one of the best mobile games you could buy. Oh, right? Sword and Sorcery. Yeah, I fucking love that game. That game is amazing. Yeah. yeah. That was like one of the OG like <clears throat> iPad, iPhone games. Yeah, hell yeah. That one's so good. So that's coming to Switch. Dope. Yeah, it's cool, but I, I kind of think that game works so well on mobile. Why would you get it on yeah, Switch? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, Switch seems like just a bigger mobile. Like, why would you do it? Yeah, I mean, it is kind of tablet size, but at the same time, you have, like, the, like, actual input (laughs) for a real game as opposed to, like, screen input. But that game doesn't use any physical Yeah, it's all, like, touchscreen base. Yeah, it's all touchscreen and, like, rotating your device around and all that. So that was kind of like a little montage they just showed of all the games from Desert Child all the way to Super Brothers. Um, The next thing I thought was a really important thing they announced, it's small, but it's pretty important, um, basically, there, there's the new ch- the news channel or the news section of your Switch on the bottom. You have like your store, you have um, your settings, camera, your gallery, all that kind of stuff. One of them is a news section, and they're gonna have an indie section, which is just dedicated to highlighting upcoming indie games. So I think it's good that they're kind of using oh, that's their dope. Yeah, yeah, they're using their great. platform to kind of highlight smaller experiences. Yeah. I, think it's I also idea. didn't know that news section was there until today. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I never opened it. It constantly has like a little notification bubble yeah. on it, like constantly. Yeah, not even, but not even mean, that, but on your lock screen, it has like, here's the news updates. Right, right. Yeah, yeah but I always just turn on my Switch and it's just already where Octopath last was. You don't use it for anything else. Nope. They had one last surprise announcement. Did you guys play FTL at all? It's faster than light, right? Yeah. Nope. No, I did not. I didn't either, but I know it's supposed to be very good. I've heard good things about it. It has a good reputation. But they have a surprise launch for a game today called Into the Breach. Oh, that's and right. This one's available today. Yes. This looks good, I think. It's a strategy game very much along the lines of Advanced Wars, which I've been playing recently, uh, Fire Emblem, or if you don't know those games and if you've been paying attention to these indie events in the past, there's a game called War Groove, which is kind of that like top-down strategy um, uh is it strategy RPG or is it just strategy? I guess it's just a strategy game. Yeah. Um, Fire Emblem strategy RPG, but this is just a strategy game, it looks like. All the levels are very small, it looks like, but there's very cool environmental factors you can use to your advantage, and that's what looked appealing to me. Mm. So it takes place, um, it looked like an alien planet or something like that. There's definitely a science fiction um, uh, kind of theme to this. But you might come across an area where there's a bunch of enemies that are standing in front of a dam. And rather than shoot the enemies, shoot the dam, and the water will wipe all the enemies in its path out. Unleash the river. So it's kind of like you can look at your environment nice. and kind of figure out how to use your environment to your advantage. I haven't seen mm-hmm. that done in like an Advance Wars or Animal Crossing game, or not Animal Crossing, Fire Emblem game to that degree before. So that's kind of cool. Wait, when you say Advance Wars, are you talking about the, the, the Game Boy Advance game? Yep. Man, are you, is that the only one that ever came out, or is there more? Uh, there was... Four of them, oh, wait, I'm, I'm four. totally, yeah. I'm totally in the know. Okay, all on Game Boy Advance. <laughs> no, it's a no, no, no. One, two of them were on DS. Two of them were on Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay, ah. but uh, no, it's an obscure series. It, I wouldn't expect most people to know it. I mean, I remember the Game Boy Advance ones, but yeah, this looks dope. This looks interesting. Um, I, it does, yeah. I, I'm like on and off with these types of games. The you know, like the Square strategy games. Um, yeah, this does look interesting. Yeah. It's tough for me to get into them, but I lo- although I enjoyed the hell out of Mario Rabbids on Switch. Really? That was a really good game. Really? Yeah, it was surprisingly good. I just, there's something about the Rabbids thing that turned me off real hard. Oh, man. I am one of the very few people who are, like, hardcore Rabbid fans. Fair enough. I think they're just... I, just, I, I hate the Rabbids, I, too, I explained so. this on your podcast. I love screaming. Screaming, <laughs> I think, is hilarious. And that's all they do is scream. <laughs> 
cool. So that was everything that he had for the Nintendo event. But I believe that Daniel actually had something he wanted to talk about in terms of Nintendo Switch Online. I did. And since he's our guest, would you like to talk about that, Daniel? Sure. So briefly, um, there's not just like – I really want to just discuss and rant about the nature of Nintendo <laughs> through <laughs> the vehicle of uh, Switch Online. Um, they really haven't given us many details, man, and like – Typical Nintendo yeah. fashion. It's like $20 a year or like X amount per month. Uh, I think it's significantly cheaper for the year. And then like there's like a family option for like eight or more people. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like Apple where it's like hard as shit to like have a family plan. Um, like, yeah, like everything you buy has to go through one person's credit card. Right, exactly. Um, I doubt it'll probably be a lot easier. But um, yeah, so there's that. We have that. We have the games um, that it'll support, like the Switch titles, um, which are Splatoon, Mario Kart, um, that tennis game. I forget what it's called. Um, what Mario else? Tennis Aces. Yes, the Aces. Diablo Three coming out. Is Diablo going to be online? online? Yep. Yep. Ooh, cool. So, then um, Smash, of course. Um, trying to think of what else yeah that's all i can think of off the top of my head but then it comes with all these um nes titles and that's all we really know is that we get some nes titles and then it's basically replacing like what i already use for mario kart online as an experience um and we don't really know like what the experience is going to be like we know that the voice chat is going to go through the phone which is really weird um and like making parties is going to go through the phone which is also kind of weird um and i think that's all we know I think, yeah, it's a, I think it's a good point is that we know kind of like a, a bullet point of like what it looks like, but you're right. We don't really know what the experience is like. And right. I hadn't really thought about that in terms of I can go to Mario Kart right now and I can just start playing online. Is that the interface? I'm assuming you're asking, is that the interface we're going to be seeing when we play online right, right. with Mario Kart when in September exactly. when this comes out? That's a good question because I would imagine that. I'd imagine that they would have to change it because there are certain things that like Mario Kart Online doesn't do that are so standard online features that I'd imagine Switch Online would do it. Sure. Such as when you're playing with your friends in Mario Kart Online, you can only play against the computer. You can't play against your friends and other people online. It's your friends versus the computer. Right. Right. And that's kind of lame yep, to me. I'd much rather play with my friends and people online right so that's the kind of stuff i'd hope to see when switch online well, i think that's remedied out, what i saw talking to like that specifically what i saw was um i think it was like a mini demo kind of thing where it was like splatoon and then they're trying to party up with their friends and then once they partied up with their friends they battle other people if i'm remembering yep. correctly and yeah that's how it works in splatoon and so i'm hoping that that is basically just applied everywhere else through this shit yeah mm-hmm. i don't know I don't know. My my ultimate point is just to like yell at Nintendo and be like, "What the fuck? Can we get something that's comprehensive in terms of like what we're getting?" And I we'll see. I no, think absolutely. what really is frustrating is that it is coming out in three to four weeks, and we don't know well, shit. They said it's it's the last. They said it's the last half of September. I think they've said it's the last half of September. That's three to four, and weeks. they've said they're going to talk more about it in September. Yeah. They usually Nintendo usually has a big September direct. Well, as a as a product that they initially planned to launch literally a year ago, you would oh, think uh, they would have absolutely. more information to share by this point. Mm-hmm. It's marginally more than what we knew now last year, basically. <laughs> yeah, which is bizarre. But it's, it's, too. it's but, less well, it's, a little bit. Like when they announced it, they had even said, you know, you get one NES game a month, and that game rotates out. And now it's like a collection of games. So mm-hmm. like it's. 
it's I guess it's a little more information, but well, it's so we've frustrating. really known the majority of this from the beginning. We've known that it's going to be twenty dollars uh, right. a year for a long for a long time now. We've known that it's going to go through an app for a long time now. Actually, literally since July of last year when Splatoon came out, because that's when the app came out uh, to first use in beta. Uh, we've also known that, like like you said, it's going to have the games included. And I think the only things that were new it... were the family plan right, and the changing to like the Netflix kind of style of having a collection of games. Is it for real, though, that like if I want – this is the way we had to do it with Overcooked 2, but I, I hope this is not the real thing. If I want to talk to someone – and also hear game audio, I have to have two sets of headphones, one in each ear. Oh, Is man. that a thing? Yeah. It still has to go through the app, yeah. I thought that was changing, but I guess it's not. <sighs> yep. Why? It's always, they always Why? make it so hard. I mean, I remember trying to do, like, back in, I'm going to show off Pokemon Nerddom, back in uh, Gen 4 on the DS, you could buy this for the, for the DS Lite, and... Um, I believe for the DS because it still had that same like headphone jack that had a little piece coming out of it. Um, you can buy like a little headset and talk to people in the middle of Pokemon battles on Wi-Fi. Um, and I remember going oh, from shit. like playing Halo Three to that and being like, "Man, this is a weird experience." Like Nintendo's online experiences are always weird as fuck and behind mm-hmm. you know whatever Microsoft and Sony are doing. Um, and that's I I have zero confidence in this product i hope for the best and expect the worst at this point yeah i mean i'm in that boat of i i'm gonna get it because i'm gonna want to play mario Kart oh, i'm getting my it. friends yeah. and things like that I'm for that's sure kind of the problem it. is everyone's gonna get it it's not super expensive it's also a third the price of of their competitors offerings yeah so yeah there's gonna be some shortcomings but again it's a third of the price so i kind of expect to be, there's to be some shortcomings what upsets me is that Kind of what you said is that they they just don't understand online, right? And Nintendo's always been a company that yeah maybe they've been late to some stuff, but they always do it their own way. And I I'm not getting that vibe with this. I kind of feel like they're doing this because they have to, not because they have this really cool online uh, online gaming idea that's so unique to Nintendo that it could only be theirs. It's not that. It feels that's like, what kind of bugs. It me. feels like a minimal carbon copy. Yeah, it feels like we know we have to do this. We don't want to charge people too much because we know we're not going to offer, you know, screen sharing features and things like that. We're not going to try hard. So. We're not, yeah, no, seriously. I think it's because they don't – I don't think they believe in this. They just do it because they they need to stay relevant. Now, that said, if if this fixes all the bullshit that you get with online play of, like, games being really laggy sometimes and dropping out and shit, if this fixes that – and otherwise, like, that's all it does is fix that, then, like, fine. And give me some NES titles, then, like, dope. That I'll take it. And, like, allow me to party up from my phone, which is weird, but whatever. I'll take it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I would love if it fixed that. Because playing online, like, oh, man, I don't know why I had a Wii U, but I did. And, like, playing online <laughs> with that was really <laughs> shit. It was a bad experience. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's... It is with the Switch, too, though. Anyway, yeah, go on. I haven't had too many experiences with drops and things like that. A lot of people have said that I haven't had too many experiences myself with it. Um, I've seen it specifically in the context of um, Splatoon, which I don't play, um, and also uh, the Aces game, Mario Aces. Um, When I did the beta, I had a lot of issues with Mario Aces, but in Mm -hmm. the few hours I've played the purchase version, 
uh, the full version. Um, I haven't experienced too much of that. Yeah, I okay, do think good. at twenty bucks though, they can't they can't have that kind of stuff because that point you're actually charging money. Like if it if it did right. happen, I've had a few drops before, but I ever had a drop on PS4 as well. Um, it didn't bother me because I was I wasn't paying for it, so I didn't really expect too much. Right. But now they're kind of they're actually having a service. They have to back it up with something substantial. The other part that bugs me about this is that going to the whole like Netflix library of content. That's really cool. I want to see what the future of that is. Is it going to expand to SNES and that kind of stuff? Everyone's been asking about Virtual Console, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's been what we've been waiting for with this whole online service. Is oh, how is the Virtual Console going to tie into this? So if I'm not mistaken, kind of I think I saw that um, they are just expecting um, developers, I guess, including themselves, to put everything mm-hmm. on the eShop. Right. Yeah. If, the retiring yeah, the Virtual no. Console brand. Mm-hmm. No, I know. It, so that's and what I was, that's what I was getting to is that we I think a lot of us were anticipating we'd hear something about that and that's why we haven't heard Virtual Console at all. It's because oh, it's tied to that service and they keep delaying and delaying. That's why they can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then they finally talk about the online service and then they say exactly what you just said about Virtual Console. Yeah. And that's the part that upsets me is that I was really expecting something to be really cool with the classic games and I'm not a big. NES uh, era fans. I mean, just right? Nobody not the fucking games cares about playing Balloon so Fight online. Exactly, exactly. Right, right, right. Like, I want to see Metroid on there. I want to yeah. see like SNES games. Yeah. On there. I say Metroid. I mean like Super Metroid. I want to see games that have been on Virtual Console before, such as like all the Zelda games, I want all GameCube the games. Mario games. Yeah, I want GameCube yeah. games. I want and if that costs you know, forty to fifty bucks a year point. instead of twenty. Fucking platforms. do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still think they're doing GameCube games. I think they're going to do some sort of classics program. How? Oh, oh, like like a like individual release? Yeah, huh? Because they made those games in China, the HD versions of the GameCube and Wii games oh, for in the China, Nvidia? and yeah. sold them for ten bucks a piece on the Nvidia Shield. They didn't do that just for China. They did that because they can probably take that and put it elsewhere. Right. And if it's running on an Nvidia Shield, and that's the same chip that's in a Switch. Yep. So they probably don't have to do anything besides reconfigure controller layouts. It's the same hardware for the most right, part. Right, right. So yeah, it's it's pretty strange. I'm look. I just want my still... Metroid Prime when like before Metroid Prime Four comes out. I want to get mm. all the mm. three first, play through them, and then yes. start four, and then boom. Yep. If I can exactly. purchase it. one through three, I want it... on the eShop. That would be dope. Well, why what's why why 3ds is still one of my favorite Nintendo consoles? Because I have every single yeah, I have every single Zelda game on there that is 2D. And then I have Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. I feel like I had this great library of like just Zelda games, my favorite franchise on my 3DS. And I can just go to my 3DS and just go back to all these old these old games. I have Pokemon Yellow. I've got Pokemon Silver on there. If I wanted to get Crystal, I could get Crystal. Mm-hmm. I have Super Mario World. I can go back into the history of, of, uh, of Nintendo. And I can't do that on Nintendo's main system. Yep. I want it. Yep. And the Switch is like, I don't know, overshadowing the, the 3DS. You're not going to take the 3DS everywhere with you now. Yeah, nope. if you have both, you're not going to take the 3DS with you everywhere. Right, right. But yeah, overall, yeah. weird. I guess we'll see. Is basically the yeah TLDR. Yeah, I mean, they haven't they haven't said they're going to have a direct next month, but they did say they would talk more about the online service next mm-hmm. month. So hopefully, we hear more about that. Yep. Yep. 
Wonderful. Great discussion. Thank you for bringing that to the table, Daniel. Yes. Very kind of you. Moving on to Playtime, where we talk about what the fuck we played this week. Turns out it's nothing at all, so... (laughs) (laughs) Holden played nothing but Heavy Rain. I played Heavy Rain, more Octopath Traveler, but very little of it. But Daniel has something he'd like to talk about. And let's just say I am anxiously awaiting you to sell me on this game. Okay, so I was aware that this was happening, but I normally don't pay attention um, just because uh, I've never really paid attention to um, to the finals of these games. But um, this last weekend was the uh, the finals of Pokken, the grand final of Pokken. I, I think it was in like Cleveland or Ohio or some shit. I forget where exactly, but it was in the U.S. Sounds great. Um, the finalists were um, a a Japanese guy and an American guy. I forget their screen names, but. Um, Something like thanks a lot or some shit uh, was the American <laughs> guy. Dude's from Chicago, actually. This kid, which is amazing. Nice. Um, and I saw it all over Twitter. I sent them the tweet specifically that um, I'm referencing now. But I saw it all over Twitter and other places. People were freaking out. This one tweet was like, "This is like one of the best like fighting game finals of all times. You need to watch this." And um, so this morning. Uh, I finished watching it instead of just watching that little clip, and it was fucking wild. Um, but before this morning, I started getting back into Pokken. But Pokken is uh, actually a really good fighting game that everyone's sleeping on. And if you want to... Um, like, if you're a huge Pokemon fan like me, and you're not playing Pokken, like, you're only sticking to the, uh, you know, the main series games, like the 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 turn-based fighting style, you are missing out on this game because it's fucking amazing. Uh, even watching the professional match, there were like moves that I didn't even like and combos I didn't even know existed. Uh, for it was like Gengar and Sceptile they were playing, fucking crazy. Watching that that clip that you sent, oh, I don't know whether it was the announcers or the game itself, but I was just like, oh my god, I'm so invested in this. <laughs> yeah. kick his ass, kick his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's actually a really good game. Uh, people sleeping on it as a fighting game, but it is it is. Very well done for a game that really is just like under the radar in general. Like that went under the radar. Nobody really, um, nobody really fucks with that game. And yeah, just wanted to bring that up. I feel like my biggest issue with fighting games is I never feel like I can get enough value from a fighting game for what I pay for it. I feel you. Like I uh, prefer having like a lot of story content. Um, yeah. In games, just generally speaking, um, obviously Smash. Is more of a you know like multiplayer online game. Sometimes there's story in them, but it's, it's whatever. Um, the story is like you beat up this person and you walked back by a path that saw this other character. Yeah. You saw them and then you beat them up. That's the story <laughs> of Smash Bros. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like uh, this game is kind of like that where it's like you're in a tournament. Oh my god, the Shadow Mewtwo. What is this? You know, like it's really shit. Um, yeah. But the yeah, I mean, just the as a fighting game, I feel like it's pretty well balanced generally. Um, they just added Blastoise uh, in DLC, which is really cool. Anyway, good game, check it out. At least um, I don't know if you know someone who has it, like go play it at their place or something and try it out and see what you think. Because I think it's fucking awesome. Is the demo for Switch still available? I just I, checked the eShop and it says yes. Do <laughs> it. Okay. There you go. I was like, how much does this cost? I didn't want to say bucks. demo it if it weren't there, you know. But now you know. Mm-hmm. I think I played the demo. 
Yeah, we did for the demo. I didn't that, yeah. care for the demo too much, um, but that's also because I'm not good at fighting games. <laughs> this one's also so, really hard. Like, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, there's a lot of like, well, like very specific things that you do. Um, you know, with like forward combos and back. It's not like Smash where like. If you yeah, just you can press just whack forward, buttons yeah, like you can whack buttons and be fine, and then like you figure out like, oh, if I smash this way, it'll punch the shit out of him really hard, or like my B side is how I do that. You know, mm-hmm. this is way less straightforward. Um, well, it's by the guys who made Tekken, so mm-hmm. which is a very technical fighter, from my understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they call it Tekken. That's right. Yep. Get it? Oh yeah, I do Shut get it. Now you pointed up. out. <laughs> Don't you humor me. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, yeah, that has re-inspired me to maybe download the demo again and hope it goes on sale one day. That's right. It probably will. Maybe to next week's episode. I imagine the sales are real shit. So, yeah. (laughs) Of Pokken? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a Nintendo first-party title, like... It's it's actually kind of a crazy niche if you think about it. Because I can... Just picture in my head some, like, crazy hardcore fighting fan who thinks Pokemon's for babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, who's this, like, this cross demographic of Pokemon fans who also love hardcore fighting games like Tekken? I, don't, I explain it whenever people are over uh, and I pitch it to them, um, you know, because people are used to, like, coming over and, like, maybe playing Smash or Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I pitch it to them as, like, you know, kind of being, like, Tekken where it's a technical game. But then I also pitch it to them as being, like, this is what Pokemon should have been from the beginning. Like, it should have just been a fucking fighting <laughs> game with the same story. That would have been mm-hmm. dope. Um I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but it's a fun thing to say. If every gym battle you go into, like, you play the regular overworld Pokemon catch a shit, and then you go into, like, a gym battle, and it's legit that style battling. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. I I hope that's the 2019 game. There was supposedly the 2019 game is, like, overhauling the fighting system. That's a rumor. Supposedly. Yeah, I've heard that rumor, too. Yeah, have like an action RPG version of it where like it's a fighting game, but you can level up your character still and everything. Yeah, it was supposed to be something similar to like a fighting game, but then also like Fire Emblem type. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be cool. Oh, you're losing me. <laughs> Ted's like Fire Emblem. No. <laughs> no, God, no. It can't be that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing. We're going to move on to our quest log. Figure out what the fuck the internet's giving us this week. Holden. <laughs> Start us out with some fetch quests, talking about them Nintendo starter packs. Yeah, let's start off with those starter packs. So Boom. basically the idea here is that Nintendo is going to bundle um, – well, the starter packs are specifically bundling a game with the strategy guide for no cost. So you're basically going to have Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, or Splatoon 2 still at $60 with a strategy guide for that game. That's kind of like cool. what they're calling a starter pack. Yeah, it's kind of Do a people cool use for a game like the guides anymore? No, um, I mean you just Google what's how do you get this star in this level. That's what I'm saying. That's it. It's, also, it's kind of free with the game, and a lot of those guidebooks are actually pretty nice. That's what I, it's more it of a collector's item a than anything. Yeah. Right. When I when I think about being a kid though, and I like when I play Donkey Kong Country one, two, and three, or Super Mario World, I know every pixel of every single level in those games mm. because as a kid I studied those strategy guides, so I know like. In the Minecraft, the first Minecraft level of Donkey Kong Country, if you just jump off the edge in the very beginning, you land in a barrel, shoot you all the way to the end. Like, all of this shit, I know from those strategy guides. Right. And now we and have so, the internet. And now we have the internet. But also, like, you can't really search for that kind of stuff. You're like, secret in this level. No, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it takes that's me back. true. It takes me back. I like them. I mean, I see the more, like, collector item type deal. Kind of like an art book almost type thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, side thing. note, have you guys seen that Smash Pro Controller? 
Yes. It looks not really a fan. sweet. It does. I'm not a fan. You, uh, hold on. I need to pull it back what? up just to see what it looks like. It's just well, the, the white grips with the the Smash logo in the middle. I'm, I'm oh, Chad. Yeah, Chad. It's actually, Chad, I kind of like it, man. Thank you, Daniel. Chad, shut your mouth. You know, you know what like throws me <laughs> off a little bit is just that it's off-center. Yeah. But also, you know, compared to that PlayStation 4 Pro 500 million edition controller that I have coming in the mail tomorrow, like... You're getting ahead of yourself, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> what a great transition, me. Are we done with that one? Oh, no. Uh, just two more quick things. Uh, okay. The Switch Pro Controller... The Smash Pro Controller and Smash Bros are together for 140 And also, uh, you can get the controller separately for $75. The other bundle they're doing is a purple and silver Mario Kart 7 3DS bundle. I actually realized in the note I didn't say 3DS bundle, but yes, 3DS bundle. Or 2DS bundle, sorry. That one seemed kind of cool. Didn't they have like a a purple and green Joy-Con or some shit like that? Or was that Uh, Oh, that's for Splatoon. Oh, that was a Splatoon. Yeah, like the watermelon and pink. Yeah. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, but this purple here is the purple of the Game Boy Advance, the GameCube, and the Game Boy Color. Oh, mm. shit. It looks so nice. I, I That's the color I've been dying to have. So you're saying I shouldn't that's have a... done the blue on my Joy-Con on like my own. I should have just waited for this shit. Uh. Oh, no, 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 no. These are uh, 2DSs. <laughs> yeah, cool. these are not Joy-Cons. So you 2DSs are the things I definitely want. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait, it's the 2DS XL. Sorry, new oh. 2DS XL. There's a new 2DS? I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, they did. Only new 2DS XL, though. Wow. Okay. That's so stupid. All right. Yeah. Okay. Chad, you can't contain yourself. Cool. So I can't. So they Let's actually go. announced uh, the 500 million edition that, for the record, is fucking of what bullshit. Console? The say the, yeah, say console. the console. <laughs> Oh, yeah, PlayStation 4 Pro. He's so excited right now. He can't contain himself. (laughs) So me and a few friends waited up at our own separate respective houses to pre-order this fucking console. (laughs) And it was a shit show because, like, internet wasn't working. There's only 50,000 of them. There was, yeah, 50,000 total. Mm. Like, companies were releasing them at weird times that they weren't saying, and then it would only work in the app, and then the app wouldn't load. Anyway, bullshit. But they also are releasing the controller that comes with it and the uh, gold wireless headset that comes with it as well. They announced that those were going to be separate from the get-go in September, but they're actually available for purchase, and mine's arriving tomorrow. And I can't freaking wait! So I got the DualShock 4. Got my little piece of Sony history. I'm happy for you, Chad. I'm happy for you, Chad. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You guys remember last week, or maybe the week before, when we announced that Gone Home is coming to Switch? (laughs) (laughs) They just announced it and just delayed it. So, <laughs> oh. September 6th instead. Yeah, it's supposed to come August 23rd. <laughs> now, so it should have been should have been out already? Yep. Yeah, it should have been out already. Yeah. Yeah, today's the 28th. Time is yeah, I, I forget flying. time, okay? Xbox All Access, which we talked about pretty in-depth last week, is yeah. officially coming. It's the subscription service for, for 35 bucks a month. You get an Xbox One X console, Xbox Game Pass, as well as Xbox Gold for two years. That's, that's fucking wild. Yeah. yeah, and the 1S, the pricing they revealed was like twenty one thirty nine or something like that a month. Yep. Hmm. So it's a really it's a really good deal, actually. Um, they have said that it, this is not something that they see as the future of Xbox in terms of doing this as a subscription model forever. But I think it's kind of like an end of the cycle kind of thing to get yeah. some more out the door. Yeah, you guys had mentioned that last time, too. Yeah. Oh, you listened. Yep. Aw, Daniel. <laughs> 
Fortnite rewards players for two-factor authentication. I love this. You know, when oh, two-factor what? authentication How did so they reward them? Uh, you uh, get, like, emotes or something if you use the, the feature, don't you? Ah, yep. Cool. I think that's really cool. I used to hate two-factor authentication because it fucked up my entire job. But now it's like, <laughs> it's an industry standard. It's necessary. Keep people safe. I like the people that Fortnite, the largest game on the planet right now, is encouraging people to do it. Right. Um, Xbox Games with Gold for September just got announced. Uh, Prison Architect, which was just announced for Switch. If you don't want to pay yep. full price, you can get it for free on Xbox. Live Lock. Don't know what that is, but you can get it. I don't know Lego, Star- <laughs> <laughs> Lego Star Wars 3. Apparently those games are good. I've played a couple of them. Meh. Sega Vintage Collection Monster World. I don't know what that yeah. is. Monster World. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard of this either. I think this is the weakest lineup of yeah. Xbox Games of Gold ever. That might ever. be the worst Xbox Games of Gold I've ever seen. <laughs> Every game we're like, what's that one? I don't know. <laughs> um, and then one last, last one. Yeah, go. Go, 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 go. Talk about it. Say it out loud. So this is uh, – Sony is going to be updating the PlayStation Store search on the PlayStation 4. So right now how it works – actually, Chad, you, you seem to have right – yeah, it's, right now. It's, yeah, you had, you were more passionate about this than I was, I think. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. The little when you search for something in the PlayStation Store, how you type in the letter and then you have to scroll through the alphabet list again to type in the second letter, and then scroll through the list again to do the third letter. I like you it. just get a fucking keyboard now. <laughs> it's great. You can just type in the letters. And what's great about it too, they've kind of tweaked the algorithm a little bit because last time you would type in something and then you'd see like the name of your game and also a long list of a thousand. Yeah, games that and is DLC. what I did like the search. I went to look up the Resident Evil games. I was curious which ones they had it on the PlayStation Store, and the list was longer because it included all the DLC packs of random shit yeah. I didn't care about, and it was annoying. The new search also puts a thumbnail next to the game, which is what I would yeah, it does. like to have. That's that's nice. But I liked the vertical list you scroll through of, of the alphabet. It's, no, I've been thinking about it, and it's kind of like, you know, you can get out there. the letters you're not going to need. Yeah, so but it's what not if you as put bad. two L's right next to each other? <laughs> and you got to scroll to L, and then you <laughs> okay, scroll that's, that's all fair. the way back down to L. <laughs> that's fair. God but forbid you search them for Mississippi. <laughs> but, you're saying that, but you're saying this is if using a directional pad with a QWERTY keyboard on screen is fun. It's not. That's also a uh, it's shitty not, experience. It's, it's not just a fun. different it's a shitty quality experience. of life thing. Yeah, it's this, like, sounds, this sounds like a worse shitty experience, though. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I like the list because it takes out letters you don't need. A QWERTY keyboard doesn't do that. The list right. does do that. You That's know a nice what? You thing. know what? Don't update. Don't update your firmware. Maybe I won't, <laughs> and I'll never play Sony games ever again. <laughs> all right, Holden. That's all of our fetch quests. Let's talk about some real shit. Woo! Real shit. So, I think this is a, a good story here. Microsoft is apparently interested in buying more studios. Um, potentially, it's not so much of, yeah, we're definitely doing it. It's more of, um, they kind of talk about their criteria for what it takes for them to buy a game, or buy a studio, which I thought was interesting. And talk about how it's all about getting games for Game Pass, is, is kind of the idea. So, what they're looking for in a studio that they're going to buy is anywhere between 500, or sorry, 50 to 100 people. And they're releasing games every two to three years. They want that release cadence. This is important to them. Um, and sure was it? They want to get content that's not just about like being AAA franchises. They kind of just want to fill in niches for Game Pass that might entice people to come to to, get, to subscribe to Game Pass or even just buy that game potentially. I'd, I'd imagine as well. But the I like this. They're kind of saying they're not trying to hit a quota of like we want to have ten developers right now. It sounds like they're kind of handling it from a what can we 
what can we get for Game Pass that'll be beneficial. If it's not going to benefit Game Pass, we're not buying that studio. We're not going to have studios just to have studios. And I kind of like that. I think it's cool. I like that they're pushing the Game Pass thing because I think it's a stupendous service. It is a stupendous service. But, um, no, I just think this is an important story to kind of hear about because it's probably the, the biggest thing that Microsoft has to do going forward still. Even after they... Was it four studios they bought and then one they created? Yeah, four yeah. studios and one three men and a baby. That was so it. it. How much is it's Game Pass nice, now? Ten bucks. Nine ninety nine. Oh shit! Okay, that is a good deal. And that gets it's you up. all Microsoft first party games um, except for maybe Halo Infinite. Yeah, maybe not that one, but everything else. And then a ton of comes other day one. Okay, on Game Pass. So. But it's, it, they seem to be approaching this the right way. They want to make sure that they're having good quality experiences that are coming on to Game Pass. So I'm happy about that. I'm also like kind of impressed that they're still looking for studios, considering yes. the five that they just built up mm-hmm. basically doubled what they have, and they're still looking to go forward with more. Right. Do we know how many Sony studios there are? Sony Worldwide Studios. Oh, I, no I want to say it was like twelve, but they closed out um, yeah. Drive Club developer. I forgot their name. Sony Worldwide Studios. I mean, nothing's going to compare to Sony's first-party studios, but it's cool that they're trying. Good for them. Good on you, Microsoft, making some good moves. <laughs> um. Agreed. London, Gorilla, Media Molecule, Molecule, Naughty Dog, Santa Monica, San Diego Studio, Sony Ben, Sucker Punch, San Mateo, uh, Japan Studio, and Polyphony Digital. I didn't count where, that. I just read them. Did you where, where did you get that list from? Uh, PlayStation.com. Oh, that's a good source. Yeah. Oh, and XDev. <laughs> oh, that's just external development teams. Uh, yeah, so a good number. Interesting. Yeah, it's a good number. I mean, so obviously... Microsoft has a lot less than that still. But but I do think they need to get more and more for, for Game Pass. Because I was thinking about how this relates to the whole two-console strategy for next-gen. And, and if one of those is a streaming console. Yeah, very like Game Pass-focused streaming. Yeah, it's a very Game Pass-focused device. I think that people will really only get that device if it is like a secondary console to their PlayStation or whatever it is. If they can get experiences they can't also get on their PlayStation already. Because I don't think Sony's doing this whole streaming console thing yet. It really seems like Microsoft's the only one who's doing it right now. At least from what we know of. Yeah, they're definitely the only ones vocal about it. The only one vocal about it, yeah. And I feel like they need to have unique experiences that are going to make that going for a streaming box worth it. And that's been everyone's biggest criticism of this whole generation is just like there's nothing unique about Xbox. You can play all your third-party shit that you can get everywhere else, but mm-hmm. there's nothing unique about playing on Xbox this generation. So yeah. I'm glad that they're, like, investing in that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, all good stuff. Good for them. We got another big story here. Daniel, you this brought this to our attention. I did. Yeah, Daniel brought this to our attention. So, do you want to go for it, Daniel? Do you want to talk about it? Um, I can, uh, and I guess fill in the gaps for me. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, So, saw this report on Polygon. I don't know what E-E-D-A-R is, though. Um, it's E-D-A-R? E-E-D-A-R. <laughs> Aaron, I'll look it up right now. Um, I don't know what this is, but so uh, there's a report on gaming in the United States. They interviewed 5,000 people who said that they had played a game within a month of the survey. Um, and so the stats are as follows 
Um, 67% of Americans are gamers. Uh, wait, did it say that? 67% are gamers, period? Yes. Yep. Uh, or so play games. 21 million. Yeah, had pl- like they were the ones that had uh, played the game within the month. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, 211 million people in, this, in the States. So, yeah, here's the interesting part. So 34% are mobile only. Um, 59% said that they'd used uh, a mobile device as well as a PC or console. 27% use, uh, you know, mobile device uh, or a PC. Is that how that's written? Or... All three, I think. Ah. Mobile device, a PC, and a console. Man, see, as as someone who has a PC, the, the only console I fuck with is, is Switch right now. But anyway, um, so yeah, 27% mobile, PC, and console. Um spent an average of 55 games in the last six months okay that's interesting uh less than i thought it would be actually that i think that checks out with me personally no that's not true Mm -hmm. nope no way more never mind (laughs) 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 i was thinking about it i was like nope but for everyone people like us who buy a lot of games yeah there are people who just buy a handful of them so I feel like there's got to be so many people who don't buy that much game-related or stuff that it brings that number down a lot. It's the third right. of people who are just mobile gamers who don't spend any money on it. Right, right. And maybe like for like some premium shit. But even right. even even me, I'm a casual mobile uh, mobile gamer, and occasionally I'll put money down in a game, even if it's freemium. Or my little sister, who's 27 years old. Who spent probably close to about eight hundred dollars on that Jurassic World game that came out on mobile? Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Literally? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the Pokemon Go knockoff, but apparently they're real good at like enticing you to pay money for it. Wow. <laughs> that is a franchise that people would like. I can totally see people just nostalgiaing money into that app. Yep. Man, that's a lot of money. Holy shit! I mean, I I bought like that Pokemon Gotcha thing. Um. That like auto catches Pokemon for you because I'm a cheat. Oh, the the Pokemon like the bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Um, e e d a r by the way is a portion of the NPD uh, group, which they just do they do market research basically. Okay, okay. So it's kind of like uh, Nielsen or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um. um what else? What were we saying? Fifty five dollars last six months. Um, yep. Average of twelve hours a week playing games. I think I'm probably maybe a little north of there, but depends on the week. Um, depends on the week for me as well. But I, that was a lot higher than I yeah, thought. Yeah, that, that's higher yeah, than I expected. That's actually really high. And then this is the one I thought was pretty interesting. Thirty three percent of uh, of those who thirty three percent of gamers bought a game because they saw it uh, streamed online. That totally makes sense, though. Twenty six percent didn't buy the game because they saw someone play it online. Also they makes just didn't sense. Like what they saw. Yeah. Also makes sense. Exactly. But there's more people who bought the game because they saw it than didn't buy it. Not buy a lot. It's so close that it's they. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's basically the same. There might be some margin of They're error very close. in there as well. Exactly. Yeah. So but it also could be the influence of like you could say that same influence about reviews too. Like a mm-hmm. chunk of people bought it because they read a good review. A chunk of people didn't buy it because they read a bad review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it kind of goes. So you really kind of can't prove. Like to this, you can't prove that people buy. If you were like say Nintendo, that not putting your games online for streaming and that kind of stuff, like by shutting all these streamers down if they post your um, games content, yeah. it doesn't hurt or help you. Mm-hmm. Based on this, it's so close; it doesn't hurt or help you. 
So you, I kind of feel like in that case, you might as well just let it happen. And if it's a good game, like you're going to get free PR, basically. Like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yep. But also, like, what is like talking about like a review versus this? What is a stream that someone's playing live if not like an interactive live review? You know yeah, I mean? basically of, of a vertical yeah. slice of the game. Yeah, I mean, you could even just ask the streamer their thought on something directly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I have a question about the mm-hmm. first stat: sixty-seven percent of Americans are gamers. Yes, that doesn't people necessarily play surprise play, me. Yeah. People who play games, that just anyone who plays a game. Yeah, I mean, like I just my, my mom used to like make a disorder. My mom used to play Farmville mean... a lot, so she would count. So five thousand mm-hmm. people yeah. who played within a month of the survey. Why doesn't that automatically mean all 5,000 are gamers? Yeah, I mean, that they tripped me up when I was reading it, but apparently... Does that mm-hmm. mean two-thirds of those 5,000 people identified themselves as, yes, I would consider myself a gamer? Let me go back to the Instapaper and see the article, how it's worded. Instapaper. Um, I, I'd assume that they inside. asked 5,000 people, and a third of those 5,000 people said they would identify as a gamer. Oh, Interesting. I didn't listen to what you said. I was thinking about sock and boppers. I'm sorry. Sock and boppers. <laughs> that's okay. That's relevant. Are you going to bop them once and then sock them twice? Uh, it's more fun than a pillow fight. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, <laughs> let me see here. So it, it just says it's found that 67% of uh, Americans play video games, representing an audience of more than 20, uh, 200 million people. Yeah, that's what I thought. So that was that was independent of the 5,000. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That was probably, you know what it was? It was probably like them trying to get the 5,000 being like, who plays video games? And then probably Me? a larger sample Great, size. Right, you're in the study. Right, right. Like you were a part of a larger N of, I don't know. X There's probably people. an ad on the train that says, "Do you play video games? <laughs> Call Northwestern to participate." In There's a study. lot of that shit. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago shout out. There's a lot of that. I, my my favorite one of those I ever saw was to get you into a study for ADD, and it was just a gigantic paragraph with small letters. <laughs> <laughs> like you're if never you going to get to the end of this paragraph. You do not qualify for this study. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the last thing that uh, e- EEDAR uh, pulled from their study here was kind of six sections of gamers, or kind of six classifications. Yeah, this is the part that I, I thought was super interesting. Go on. Yes, let's classify yeah. ourselves. So we have we have people talking at once. Do it. Nope, just you. Just me? Okay. <laughs> well, it cuts in and out. It's like it starts that way, and I'm like, oh, no, something's happening. Anyway, I'll, I'll talk. Super gamers is the first category. 13%. They are quote-unquote, super-invested hardcore gaming fans. These are all going to be direct quotes from the Polygon article. Uh, Console Warriors is 14%. Spend much of their time playing multiplayer action games. Transitionals is 11%. They're adults who've spent their lives gaming, but now squeeze gaming into their busy lives. Easy Accessors, 17%, are young gamers who primarily play whatever they can access, and most often their mobile games. Daily Dabblers are <laughs> older gamers who regularly play social and casual games. That's like my mom, who plays Words of the Friends. Yep. That's, she's a Daily Dabbler. And Incidental Players, 26%, plays mobile games occasionally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the largest, is, is the Incidental Players. Mm-hmm. It's about a fourth. Right, right. So you said that this is very interesting to you, Dan. It's super interesting. Well, one, because it's a bit of a, like, like disclaimer. It's it's a bit of a pseudoscience. I am dating someone who is a psychologist slash, like, neuroscientist. So she, mm-hmm. often when I bring stuff like this to her, she's like, this is bullshit. Um, she's, good, <laughs> she's good at shutting me down on shit like this. So <laughs> um, this is... 
And I mean, like, so, it's like some of it holds, and some of it, you know, it's it's very um, like loose. These labels mm-hmm. um, is very much like when we apply labels to um, like generations, like oh, millennials and baby boomers, and you know, it's just like a loose. Yeah, and this is even more loose. But um, I do think that like, like with that disclaimer in mind, it is interesting to look at um, the like the numbers of people doing what exactly. Um, I think that's really interesting. Like talking about like our moms, like my mother, mm-hmm. it, it's not Farmville now, but it's something. I don't know what the fuck she's playing, but Farmville oh is like, like was the gateway drug for her. My parents strictly play Pokemon Go. Oh my god, really? That's amazing. Oh no, that's that's wrong. It's also Donkey Kong Country. Nice. But also, when when Gen Two launched on Pokemon Go, and my mom was just sitting on the couch and launched the app and saw there was something new, she looks at my dad and goes. <gasps> We've got to go. Get in the car. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh my god. That sounds like a super gamer. Just from Pokemon <laughs> Go to me. They that are super invested hardcore Pokemon it. Go fans. That is also like my girlfriend who like literally in terms of like games that she's only ever played uh like for more than an hour of in her life outside of uh like socially. Um mm-hmm. Tetris Pokemon Go, and then after watching me play for a while, Breath of the Wild. And she's put in more hours on Breath of the Wild than me now. Which would is you, hilarious. Daniel, everyone knows where I hear we that stand a lot. on I the podcast. A lot. Daniel, would you classify Breath of the Wild as the most boring Zelda game on Nintendo Switch? <laughs> <laughs> I would also classify it as the most exciting Wait, Zelda that was game. not the question. That was not the question. <laughs> I'm glad we all agree. Thank no. You. <laughs> <laughs> I like Thank my you for opals. Us, Daniel, Thank you, you very much. Stream. <laughs> I love all the opals I receive. They're all amazing. What would you guys classify yourself as on this list? I don't know. I honestly like. I want to say I'm a super gamer, but in reality, I think I'm more of a transitional, which is the adults who have spent their lives gaming but now squeeze it into their busy lives. Mm-hmm. But I have super gamer like ambitions. I think I really love gaming culture and gaming news, and I'm like mm-hmm. invested in that. But I just don't have the time to actually play all the games I want to play. So I think I'd be I'd transitional. Say, I'd say I'm incidental. I just play mobile games occasionally. I'd I don't say play that's games true. You and Luminous, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm probably in the same area where I'm closer to super gamer than I think than I think you are. Just because I think I have more free time. They don't have to like squeeze games into my quote unquote busy life. Right. Um, I don't go to school, but like I have time to play games. So I'm not like squeezing it into my life at all. Right. Um, so but like there are times where I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't feel like playing games. You know, I might go like a month without playing a game because I just, I don't know, I just didn't feel like playing you a game. You better not. Month. We have a game we need to play every month. I know, I know. But, like, I can get like that sometimes. I get super... Like, when Breath of the Wild came out, I put 50 hours in that game in a weekend. Nice. Because I got super, like, into it and got super invested. But then I just might not touch games for a while. And I've always been that way. I get super, super hardcore invested, and then I'm not. That sounds like ADHD. Um. (laughs) I I had been diagnosed, so it's very possible. I feel you. Um. Yeah, but it was by Daniel's girlfriend on this stream right now. That's right. (laughs) She's whispering like it sounds like he has ADHD. <laughs> tell him, tell him. Um, Does he have a good relationship with his parents? <laughs> psychoanalyzing everyone. Um, I don't know where I, f- I. I want to say probably on like the higher end console warrior, and then on the lower end, uh, easy accessor mm-hmm. is where I am. I was definitely an easy accessor as a kid. When when I was, she's 2008 is when the App Store came out. 
on uh, on iPhone, and I was 15. So when I was younger, I definitely would just like search for f- any free game I could find just to play something. You remember new. Doodle Jump? Uh, do you yes. remember Super Monkey Ball? Oh. oh, Super Monkey Ball was great, but that was ten dollars. That was that was expensive. one of the first games. I know, I know, that was a big investment on my iPod Touch at the time. <laughs> Wasn't Doodle yep, Jump I had like a dollar? I had the original though? iPod Touch. Doodle Jump, yeah, it was a dollar. Doodle Jump was great. Doodle Jump was such that a good was a game. Fun game. I kind of want to download it again, but um, it's probably, probably be like, what is this garbage? <laughs> Daniel, have you played have Trash. you played Boost Two or Threes before? No. Oh my God, Boost Two! <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> I said it just to get that reaction from you, Chad. <laughs> oh, Boost Two and Threes are on. great games. What a great article! Interesting. Hey, tweet us what uh, fucking gamer you are. Great. <laughs> main quest. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, hold on. We're going to move on to our main quest. And because yeah. you took notes like a madman, I'm going to let you lead this discussion. Oh, man. I'm so excited right now. So, just as a surprise, it was yesterday, CD Projekt Red decided to show off the gameplay demo that they showed off behind closed doors for Cyberpunk 2077 on a Twitch live stream. They made some different choices than the other uh, than at Gamescom and at E3 behind doors demos, but it was fucking amazing. It's pretty wild. I'm I was very into it. I was so blown away by this. It is already now my most anticipated game. It's above whatever the next Zelda game is. It's above Last of Us Part Two. I'm unbelievably impressed. Can I just say, like, I didn't know what the release date was, and when I saw June 2019, I was like, like, extremely angry. Like, I was pissed for the rest of the day. I was like, God fucking damn it! (laughs) What do you mean, release date June 2019? Isn't that when the release date is? Did I get that wrong? There's Mm -hmm. no confirmed release. date. Oh, that's what it says on the fucking wiki page. Then I'm even more angry. (laughs) Really? It says I gotta look that up. Because it shouldn't be saying that. It shouldn't be saying that. No, there's, <laughs> there's the no confirmed release date uh, for Cyberpunk. It's actually something they announced before Witcher 3 that they were working on. Yeah. Really? Years ago. Wow, that's wild. But then they said, by the way, you're not going to hear anything about this game for another like four or five years. Oh, no. well, it's not on the wiki the... page. I don't know where I got that. But anyway, I'm upset that it's not coming out anytime soon. Yeah, I'm. I think based on looking at this, it's sooner than I originally thought. Because this looked pretty polished mm-hmm. from what I saw. Yeah, I was surprised when they because they just let like last week they just announced that the game is officially playable start to finish. Right? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's playable to the quality that we saw oh, in the demo. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But like that's the milestone they hit, which is usually for God of mm-hmm. War that was eighteen months out. 18 months out, they hit. You can play this start, finish, and then it took them okay. you know, a year and a half to finish it. Okay. I haven't beaten God of War yet, but I'm assuming that Cyberpunk is going to be a far larger experience than God of War. I assume so. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, so, all right, let's get into the demo itself and talk a little bit about it. I watched it in its entirety, actually a few times. Um, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you watched it in its entirety as well, and Danny said you yeah. kind of watched through it, you said? Yeah, yeah, for like a few minutes here and there. I kind of like skipped uh, okay. around and checked a few things out. All good. Um, I just wanted to get kind of like initial impressions from you guys, what you thought from it, like what things, the kind of things that like stuck it, um, stood out to you that you enjoyed, and then we'll kind of get into some like nitty gritty details once we get further into the discussion. I thought the um, the like minute to minute gameplay of you going around the world. I am mm-hmm. really interested to see. I mean, they they did show a lot, but that didn't quite catch my attention as much as the combat did. 
mm. seeing the yeah. combat at the end of it blew my mind. Oh, some of those awesome combat mechanics. That's what I'm looking forward to most. I want to battle a lot in this world. Mm-hmm. The I, I kind of agree with the, the navigation where open world... So I was thinking actually a lot about Deus Ex. Yeah. This is, it did remind me a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. The world looks a lot much more immersive, a lot more real, um, and just more realistically laid out than Deus Ex. But I, I can I think that you might run into a similar navigational issue where in Deus Ex, because it's just cities and buildings everywhere, or just buildings everywhere in a city, it might say, oh, head in this general direction to go to that point. But then you are walking towards that point and realize you actually have to go down the block and then take a left because you have to go around the block. Right. And I'm kind of curious if they handle things like that. It seems like huh. they just kind of point you in the direction you're supposed to go. Okay. And I would like something a little bit better than that if I'm going to be navigating a world this dense with this much stuff in it. Yeah, I feel like some games might say, you need to get here, so start by walking to the end of this corridor, then take a left. Like a turn by turn, might kind of you're just, saying? Or like a... Not turn by turn, but like the, their um, waypoint is going to be the next turn you have to make. And then once you make that turn... I see. A new waypoint will see, show up to the next turn you have to make. I mean, and that's what I want to see from this. That's like the waypoint version of turn by turn. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. but I, I can't remember what game I saw that in. But I've seen that before in a game. They did that in uh, kind of like Bioshock. Yes, yeah, the they arrow do that would like point you to a doorway, yeah. then you get oh. to the doorway, and then it points you to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that would work well for this because I didn't. Yeah, keep in mind by the way, like all of these way. systems, the HUD, all of these things are very, very early. So we yes, could definitely they were. see a big overhaul in that. They were, but let's. Let's talk about those systems and HUDs because they that's was really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. They all looked really cool. Yeah. So much of this of the HUD, they try to build into the real world whenever possible too, which I kinda liked. Yeah, I like that touch. So there was this great moment. Did you see the Ripper Doctor, Daniel? No. So there's this point where she goes, um, your character V goes to what's called a Ripper Doctor, and that's what gives you your upgrades mm. and to get new parts or your or new perks and stuff. And when you go through the menu of different perks to get, he literally just pulls up a screen and is like, hey, like, here are the options. What do you think? And as you look at them, he'll kind of mention something like, oh, I don't know how I got that part, but, and I'll tell you a little story about that component. And it just kind of feels like an interaction yeah. with what that Ripper Doctor would, would be like. That's pretty dope. So the the UI is just kind of baked into the world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in some ways, not in every way, which is super awesome. That uh, that is like super like every time I see the UI like overlaid on things in the world is super dope. Mm-hmm. I mean, like as a designer, this shit is like my dream, man. It's also, it's fucking <laughs> also just like the aesthetic. I mean, again, as like a visual person, what mm-hmm. I do for my job, I like. I'm so just impressed. I'm less paying attention to the gaming mechanics. I mean, I am a little bit, but more so just like the world and the design of the thing. Um, it's fucking crazy. It's very well done thus far in this video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, they build the UI into the world in such a way that in some ways it doesn't feel like a game. So like when you wake up in your apartment and you're going out for the day, you go to your closet and you look at the clothes right. that's in your closet and you'll see the stats of your different clothing to wear. And then you choose to put it on. You don't go to a menu to change your clothing. It's like in your closet in your apartment. Which is awesome. Is like a, that's such a cool, it's very cool little thing. Yeah, that, that yeah. part is amazing. And there's little things like that all over the demo from what I saw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also just like I'm the vibes. Cur- like Again, like, you know, coming from like a very mm-hmm. aesthetic... Uh, like aesthetic vibe type career that I do, mm-hmm. you know, like this, this is just like 
such a cool fucking mood and ambiance that it has. Like, it's so fucking well done. I'm super Absolutely. pumped about just that alone. But yeah, go on. Mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be kind of curious with this kind of like the the world and the UI being the same. Like, going back to the Ripper Doctor where when you go to upgrade perks, you're just kind of going to see the Ripper Doctor as if it's a visit to go see the Ripper Doctor in the real world of Cyberpunk 2077. Is that going to get tiresome when you're 80 hours into this game? Uh. And you're going to see a Ripper Doctor for the millionth time, and you're ha- and you just want to get that perk and leave. Or mm-hmm. is every experience with the Ripper Doctor going to feel unique and different? So it's fine. And it doesn't get to be kind of cumbersome. I don't know. I think that also depends on um, the the dialogue uh, options. Like mm-hmm. if it's the same dialogue yeah. over and over again, or if it's like at least somewhat switched up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, how much of this, too, is, like, procedural? So there is a point where you go, like, if you go see Rupert Doctor, is it going to be, like, a copy and paste kind of mentality where he has a similar attitude and might have some similar lines, like you're kind of saying? That could really ruin it, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, But even in that terms of, like, dialogue options, that felt unique, too. Did you guys see the UI for the dialogue options? Yeah. Sometimes it gave you options to interact with different people yeah. as opposed to just one person. And that was really cool. As well as not just things to say, but actions instead. Yeah, like in there, there was like a point where you could uh I think you actually wrote it in here. Yeah, rather than negotiate, you could grab your gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and the narrator kind of warns and says, Hey, these guys are higher level than you, that might not be a good idea to do that. <laughs> but you certainly yeah. can. And that, that is pretty pretty neat. And But in that moment, too, um, the scenario is you are going to go see this corporate agent person who's going to give you a job or something like that. And when you get there, her bodyguard is basically just pushing you up against their car and has a gun to your face. So you're talking to the corporate agent, but the bodyguard is still present. So you're seeing dialogue options for the corporate agent. And then underneath that, it says, bodyguard, grab gun. Uh... You can, like, grab his gun from him while you're talking to the corporate agent instead. Uh, have you ever seen a game do that before? I've never seen no. dialogue menu like dialogue op- wheels with different characters on that wheel. No, that's a pretty unique thing. I'm curious how that can play out in there too. Um, the what was the other part of the dialogue or the um, the decisions I thought was interesting? There's something else. I can't remember, but it, it definitely does kind of feel like. Like a Fallout or kind of Skyrim style RPG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the sense that you're kind of. It, I didn't get the vibe that there's this like overarching story in it. It kind of feels like there's a hint of a story throughout it, but you're kind of just doing these jobs to move up the criminal ladder. Right, right. Yeah, that's the one thing that I, I think from this, it, it's tough to tell a story in a world that big with that much choice. Yeah, that yeah. I'm really interested to see how they like how invested are they going to be in that? Is are they going to tell this is like this amazing cute world with this really awesome story as well or are they gonna mm-hmm. uh kind of just rely on the world to do a lot of little story yeah like if it's stuff. gonna be a giant world that's like four inches deep or like a small pond that's super deep yeah mm-hmm. yeah but let's talk about that combat <laughs> yes oh my god first of all say- these guns look fucking sick yeah, I literally They're, put a note yeah, here saying, really new favorite cool. shotgun, you bet your fucking ass it is. <laughs> <laughs> you put your fucking ass. Yeah, I, I did write, you um, put your fucking ass. But I meant to say, you bet your fucking ass. <laughs> yes, so many mechanics. So they, they said, we've unlocked a lot of things for this particular demo to show you some combat options. They've got the very end ricochet bullets. 
But yeah. not just ricochet bullets. You can actually see and plan out the path that yeah. the bullets are going to ricochet. Oh, I didn't see that. that was what really the cool. fuck? Yeah, they've also got this hacking thing. So the entire... Oh, like, the hacking was so cool. That, that was, was so cool. Part. So she takes out... The, she sneaks up behind this guy. Uh, and she hacks into the little computer chip in his head. And he's connected to the entire criminal organization. So she well, gets, like, it's that squad. Just that squad. Right, that yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, the whole like patrol squad that they're in. And so then she is able to gain access to all of that by hacking it. So then she jumps up on the wall with these giant mantis blade things on her arms and starts scaling the wall. Oh, and then from above, I saw this part. Yes. Yeah. She hacks this guy yeah. to cut off the link between him and his gun so that whenever she jumps down and kills his partner, he can't shoot her. And that's like, I creamed. I creamed my <laughs> eyeballs. I creamed my know. face. I creamed everything. My coconut. My coconut. <laughs> Oh my god, it was so good! And oh, it's, it's the, like that is like what Watch Dogs is trying to do. Yes. Yeah, but watch, yes. not Watch Dogs. I mean, good try, but <laughs> this is not cyberpunk. But then the the fucking insane bullet time, like it reminded me a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, sliding on the ground, shooting the underbelly right. or something. Seeing that yeah. when she's fighting the big bad at the end, oh. whenever he's like got the shield and shit. When so when you go into slow motion. She takes her shotgun out and blows out this guy's legs. Yes. And in slow motion, you just hear him go, oh, Jesus, fuck my <laughs> yeah. legs. Oh, I laughed so loud. Oh, fuck my legs. <laughs> but then his head gets blown off during that, and he's still talking. <laughs> oh, God, I cannot wait to play the combat. The one was such an insanely badass combat moment for me. It was the what? very beginning. It's when V sneaks up to this guy, pushes him in the water, and like, and I'm thinking, oh, she's gonna drown this guy in the water. But no, she puts her gun under the water and blow, like, puts a bullet in his head. Oh my god! But it's it's silenced by the water, being underwater. It's a really cool moment. Oh, I think I missed that, but that sounds so fucking good. It was so fuck. It's right in the very beginning. Just try whenever you get a chance, just rewatch it for that. It's badass. Um. There's a ricochet targeting system. We talked about that. Um, oh, I just saw the water thing. That's crazy. I'm literally just, oh, like, just saw I'm literally just moving around in the video right now. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, that was a pretty pretty cool option. That's also another example too of your dialogue options also being action options. Oh. They put it as it's gameplay driven. So, something about the combat too. I wanted to talk about. Where was that? I feel like I don't have all my notes on here. I thought I made more notes than this. Guess you're a failure. That's right. I guess I am a failure. I I suck. I'm terrible. I do love man the aesthetic. It's so it's so like Blade Runner meets like uh, this might not mm-hmm. be absolutely accurate, but the closest thing that comes to mind off the top of my head right now is like a Miami Vice kind of vibe in terms of like the color palette. Okay. Like, yeah. The you know the Miami Vice is like the the like pastel pink and like light blue. Yeah. Like it's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Type of color it's like very much the kind of Miami or um, Miami Vice feel City. like um, the Vice City, like Grand Theft Auto Vice yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool too because this is Cyberpunk's not new. I mean, Cyberpunk has been around for a long time mm-hmm. and it has a pretty, you know, um, what's the term? They all a lot of the Cyberpunk stuff looks very similar. It all looks the same because it's all at nighttime usually, like neon buildings at night. Mm-hmm. This for being during the day and still maintaining yes. that feel was very cool. Yes, exactly. Because like. God, most of the at least the first Blade Runner movie, yeah, I think the majority of the thing is just dark and dank, mm-hmm. and that's just the vibe you get. And then that's influenced like every other cyberpunk type thing ever, like Ghost in the Shell, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, 
yeah, it's awesome to see this maintain that like that still that mood during the day as well. I one thousand percent agree. And also like all the as like uh like when I read books that are world building, I love them. Mm-hmm. And I love when they're just like walking out in the open and just like seeing people uh you know, in the streets and stuff and you just get this like like little slice of life scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. fucking love it. I think they did a really good job there. Um, there's like a girl taking a selfie by like the metro station or whatever, and there's like a bunch going yep. on then. Well, when you when you first walk out into the city, mm-hmm. and you're just seeing all these people walking around, that's a total wow moment. Mm-hmm. And I usually hate this in in uh, demos when the announcer will say, "This is the most realistic, you know, city or, or um, crowd control we've ever had for a city landscape ever in our games before or ever in games period or whatever." I usually hate that stuff, but they said that in this, and I'm like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can't think of anything else that looks nearly this good and this believable. Everyone felt unique. Every person was special. Their own special flower. Their own <laughs> little unique unicorn flower. The unicorn flower. <laughs> I want to see those. I think I like too is just how naturally things played out in terms of like the mission structure and everything. Mm, yeah. Go out. What do you mean so by like, that? So like you get a call from uh, from your friend. He says he's got a job for you. You go talk to him. He's like, yeah, this guy Dex is. Uh, heard about that thing we did saving this girl, so uh, he wants to see you. He's right over behind the uh, around the corner over there. So you go around the corner, and he's waiting for you in his car. You hop in the car, and the car's driving around the city. Is he's giving you the briefing on what he wants you to do? Um, he goes, oh, there's yeah. this corporate person that you know we might be able to take advantage of here. Here's your location. Want to go talk to her? You can. And he drops you off, and you can decide, hey, do I want to go talk to the corporate person? It just it felt like a natural situation. It didn't feel like I was going to a waypoint on a map to. It didn't feel like they were going to a waypoint on a map to. Uh, to complete the mission. Yeah, I see what you it mean. It felt like it was playing out through the interactions of the characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like when you get to a, a point where you're communicating with people, that conversation seems to play out pretty naturally. Like, so, I'm gonna, a little spoiler here, but like we were playing Heavy Rain for the, our Barth this month. And there's a lot of dialogue options in choosing what you have to say. And so many times it felt like, and maybe we haven't seen a full conversation in this game, so this might be true here too, but it feels like you just have the start of a conversation and then a bunch of different things you can say that don't necessarily flow as a conversation. Yeah. It's like the the character is a detective. They need to know five things. So they can just ask five questions in any order. Therefore, it's not going to flow as a normal conversation would. Okay. Whereas this felt like it flowed like a normal conversation would. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, like the Did di- you get that vibe too? So then you're saying the dialogue in this game, because a lot of the, I don't know, the comments I saw on it was like that they were afraid that maybe the dialogue wouldn't be as natural as it could since everything's focused on, you know, like the aesthetics and like the, mm-hmm. the combat and whatnot. But what you're saying mm-hmm. is the opposite. You're saying the dialogue is actually like super believable and super immersive. Well, it's it's more that it's not so much that the actual words they're saying are yes, they would say that exact thing. I know they would. It's more that it flows from going back to the, uh, the character was making. You're the detective character in a game that is not cyberpunk, right? Mm-hmm. And you have four things you need to ask. 
those four questions. There's going to be no transition between those four questions. Sure. It's going to be a hard cut between I asked this question, you gave me an answer. Cool. Another question, answer. Right. Cool. Another question, answer. Whereas this felt like when you chose an option, it naturally just flowed into the next thing that happens in that interaction with that person. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Does that make more sense? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's what worked pretty well for me. Because, again, a lot of it's your actions are playing into that as well. As opposed to just what you're saying. Right, So, right. like, maybe there's that point where you're talking to the gangsters and you can kind of reason with them or you can hand them your credit chip to just pay them. So you're kind of like, rather than saying, I can pay you, you're just handing it over to them. Right. Like your actions are a part of that. Mm. Um, it, it, just, it really worked for me is the, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. It really worked for me. Totally. The other thing is it has – and this isn't original, but it just has something I like in these open world games and these kind of impromptu moments where Jackie and V are driving in the car, which, first of all, the interior of that car is awesome. <laughs> it's so cool looking. And all of a sudden these scavengers pull up to you and start shooting at you. But just before that, before you got in your car, there was a scavenger who was eyeing your car and was interested in it that Jackie kicked out. And told him to get out of the get get out of the car. We don't want you to be around our car. And then the scavengers come after you after that interaction mm. occurred. So it kind of felt like, oh, here's this kind of like natural natural in the moment event that happened. That's not part of the story. It just kind of happens. Like Reddit Redemption, the first one did that a lot, where you could be the sheriff or you could be the outlaw. And if you were the outlaw, based on the bounty on your head, you might just start have the sheriff coming after you randomly while you're in the middle of the desert. Oh, you're fucking starving and thirsting to death? Great. Well, I'm going to come hunting your ass, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I like those kind of moments, and it seems like it's going to have those in this game cool. as well. Yeah, hell yeah. Just an um, unbelievable world. Love it. Anything else you guys want to bring up about Cyberpunk? Uh, no, I, I don't think I gathered nearly as much as you did from it. <laughs> 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 I had a great time with this demo. What, um. I did read a lot of the comments from people just to kind of see what the consensus was on it. Everyone seemed to like it. A lot of people seemed upset, though, that it wasn't third person. I think How do you guys feel about to, that? Like, with, with all the dialogue options, yeah. I yeah. feel like that makes it kind of weird if it is third person. Although Mass Effect did that kind of okay. Yeah. I don't know. But those also required, like, specific cutscenes for you to have those options, too. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like... This wouldn't work as well in third person because part of the immersiveness is how it's your perspective. Yeah. Like you can get these augmentations that change your vision. You can zoom in and things like that. Yeah, it's hard to see that in third person. It's hard to do that in yeah, third person. Right. Exactly. So I kind of feel like it could only be in first person. But it's that's like the one thing I see a lot is that people are upset. What is this uh, 9-11 conspiracy you have in here? <laughs> oh, I thought this is this is really funny. So this um, this person, um, Mundo Sport Motorsport, on an IGN YouTube video, commented the release date for the game. His his conspiracy theory. So the game is called Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. In the the name or in the twenty seventy seven, it goes twenty little dot before the seven, and then another dot before the other seven. So his conspiracy theory is is that if you turn that around, it's July seventh, twenty twenty. 
I'm sure they did not plan that date. I'm sure they didn't ago. either. I'm sure they didn't either. Six years but it ago, is a Tuesday, which is interesting, which is when games usually come out. All right. And mm. um, the game itself that this is based off of, Cyberpunk, is a paper pencil game, like Dragon Dungeons & Dragons. Oh. Its original version oh. was called Cyberpunk 2020. Oh, that is... Hmm. Man, this is one of those like fan theories that like sounds really, really good. <laughs> like, yeah, but then it's, <laughs> it's still a fan it. theory. Yeah. yeah. So like, if if it happened that way, where like there's a trailer for Cyberpunk 2077, and then like the 2070 like glitches out and it flips, and then it shows the release date at seven seven twenty, that'd be a really cool moment or something. If like they that, weren't planning but... it, they should steal this conspiracy theory and like soft. Yeah, plan like it for re- the released a half baked game because that idea is so good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> So it's a cool theory, but it might not happen. Probably won't happen. Great. Well, that was our main quest for Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Go watch the footage. Let us know what you thought of it. Holden, I want to transition now. We are going long to our uh, barf backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. I'm going to keep this short for two reasons. One, I mostly want to use it as a cautionary to tell to keep people from playing this game. <laughs> Oh, really? Two, <laughs> Daniel uh, is not familiar with Heavy Rain, so I don't want to ostracize him. But Heavy Rain from Quantic Dream, David Cage's like first real kind of breakout game, was our game that we were playing for Barf in August. We obviously know how I felt about it just now. <laughs> Holden, what, what was your overall top experience on this? I So uh, you clearly didn't like it. I would have agreed <laughs> with you in the first maybe a few hours of it, but I really yeah. enjoyed the last half of the game a lot, actually. My biggest thing, I actually played this game, I played it, this is the third time I played it now. Mm-hmm. I played it back in 2011, twice. Loved it both times. I was crazy about this game. And when you said, hey, hmm. let's play this for August, I was like, yes! I love that game! But having played uh, Detroit Become Human, which is their newest game they just released, since then... This game is is bad. <laughs> I noticed everything was the voice acting was some of the most atrocious voice acting I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, there were definitely some problems. Jason, the... Jason, Jason, <laughs> Jason, Jason, Jason. It was so bad. There were so many problems with the conversations. The whole game is built around conversations and ma- yeah. and completing these actions, uh, and they don't they don't flow were... naturally. Yeah, so uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this game is uh, you're basically playing out a story of a serial killer, and you're trying to figure out who the serial killer is. He kidnaps one of the character's sons. He plays four different characters throughout this thing. Um, and you have choices you can make throughout the game that influence the result of, of the It's an interactive game. movie. Basically. Yeah. The choices in this game compared to something like Detroit are like... You, you can't even call them choices because I feel like everything pretty much ends up exactly as it will regardless of whatever you choose when compared to something as complex. I'm, I'm trying not to use this as a, as a pimp for Detroit, but also Detroit was so good. <laughs> <laughs> but Heavy Rain, as you mentioned with the dialogue, the problem was you have all of these different dialogue things that you can say, but none of them link together well. Yeah. So you might be shouting something or I choose like five in a row. I say, all right, you know what? I'm Connor. What's up? My name is Connor with a stupid accent. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm going to keep calm through this entire thing. And my guy's over there is interrogating someone. I'm keeping calm the entire time. And then I'm left with one choice that is like pulling him off the guy. And suddenly he freaks out, like goes from zero to a hundred. 
and there's no transition that does not flow at all. Totally mm-hmm. brings you out of that experience. Yeah. So like, is that it not aging well, or is that it not being that? Well I, done? I will. I, it's not well written. I will agree. It to, is not. It's not well written. I will agree to that. So like okay. my, and I was trying to figure out if this is an issue with the writing or if it's an issue with the structure, like how an interactive movie like this has to be structured with the mm-hmm. different choices and potential different narrative outcomes that happen towards the end. Character development really struggles as a result. Oh, gosh, it's yeah. really bad. Like So like two things. One is the father um, who loses his kid. There's this origami killer who has kidnapped this guy, Ethan's son. And I don't care that Sean was was kidnapped because he's a shitty kid who doesn't have any personality (laughs) and just literally sits there and watches television while your dad's like, do you want to do homework? No, dad, I just want to watch TV. Like, can't wait to get that kid back in the house. He sounds horrible. (laughs) So I don't care about him. And then his, I don't get the sense there's this like relationship between the father and son because when you finally get him to do the homework in the beginning, you're just like staring at your child while he's... Like while he's doing his homework, and it's really kind of creepy and weird. Yeah. Isn't that one of those? He's like... just sitting across the table, and he's just watching his son. And I'm like, is this the bonding between the father and son that's supposed to make me care about the relationship? Because they're literally doing nothing. They're doing nothing at all. Did you right do now. the awkward juggling while he was doing his homework too? Yes. And you just like I don't know. You don't say anything. You just pick up three pieces of fruit. You juggle them. You drop it. You put it back. That's it. Kid doesn't react. You don't say a word, and you all pretend it didn't happen. What the fuck? And then the kid goes missing, and I'm like, great. Awesome. He's gone. So the other character development thing that was really weak, and this is kind of spoilers for the end of it, but there's a, a character named Norman who is a – I guess he's an FBI agent who's coming to Oh, that's his name. Norman, not Connor. Yeah. Um, a Norman. <laughs> he, has a ter- he does have a terrible accent. He's, somebody, he's an FBI agent coming from Washington to Pennsylvania to investigate the origami killer. He's also a junkie, I guess, but I don't know what drug he does. It's just a blue vial. Tripped uh, something. Tripped a fan? Tripped something? No, it's it's something made up for the game. Some futuristic uh, thing that helps him with his, uh, his glasses. But it's not futuristic. It takes place glasses. in 2011 still, doesn't it? But he's got those glasses, so obviously But he's got those AR glasses that yeah. it's so random he has those AR. We'll get to that in a second. So he's a junkie, and there's all these sequences in the beginning – or there's two sequences in the beginning where he starts getting withdrawal and he needs to get his fix, but he's not going to. So you have to, like, walk to the sink as he's stumbling, basically, just to kind of watch his face and kind of calm him down, which I don't think it would work that well just to wash water on your face, but whatever for the gameplay. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> It does? All right. Chad's I'm recovering. I'm going through withdrawal method, right so. now. <laughs> so there, that happens, and, okay, so I've been playing this character as if he's been doing good with his recovery, right? And then later on in the game, there are two moments where he just takes, like, I didn't choose it. He just took right. his medication or his right. drugs again. And I'm that's like, what I I'm did, saying. So, like, that's not consistent with his character at all. But then, like, the last scene, if you're, if he survives, because he can die, and the last scene, there's this whole thing of him being in the bathroom. He's getting that feeling again. He holds the vial, and he's like, nah, and he throws in the toilet. I'm like, there is no character development in that. He was doing great, then he wasn't, and now he's throwing his drugs again. Nobody that's again. exactly what I mean. I don't feel like any of these choices really have consequence. Yes, every character can die that you play as. Mm-hmm. Um and by the end of the game, that means that they could help you find the killer or they could not help you or your son dies, your son lives, whatever. Yeah. But 
I purposely this time for a couple of reasons played it completely differently than I had the other ones. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I was trying to overcome his addiction, this time I was like, yeah, fucking take the drug. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to help this girl get for, like with this domestic abuse, get this guy out of her apartment, or, you know, fucking beat the hell out of her. Do whatever you want to do. Like, I purposely <laughs> did the opposite Christ. of what I did last time. And the, the result, like, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter at all. Yeah. The next chapter, it's as if nothing. If it's as if it changed nothing at all. So, if you want to raise a serial killer, have them play this game. <laughs> That's right. And I, oh my god, it is so hard to kill a character in this game. I literally had to sit there and not press anything at all. Like it says, hit the right, quick, and I, I would hit left or I would do nothing. And it was just like they kept stumbling, but then they get back up and they keep running. And it's like, all right, you're going to run into head-on traffic. And then I was like, I'm not going to yeah. touch a thing. Well, to oh, be fair, they also swear. couldn't have it be, you got everything, but just happened to miss that one button prompt, and then yeah. you're dead. That would be kind of shitty if that happened. But what I want to put out there, if you are playing this game like Holden was, to say, I really want to play Detroit, but I also, you know, I want to see where it came from first. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because when you play Detroit, you're going to... It's... It is everything this game wanted to be. The conversations flow. When you make choices, you literally see huge dialogue trees. And as we've talked about, I was listening to reviews. I was like, I literally had no idea that entire scenario could happen because I made a different choice five chapters ago. Like, mm-hmm. that game is the epitome of what they wanted Heavy Rain to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's done so well with actors you know and recognize and who are good. And it's really well written. Play Detroit. Forget Heavy Rain. I liked Beyond Two Souls, but who the fuck knows how I feel about it now? <laughs> but <laughs> all I know is don't play Heavy Rain. Maybe look it up. And to be honest, it does have an 87 on Metacritic. It won three BAFTA awards. So it's like at the time it came out, I guess it was really revolutionary. And I remember loving it. But I mean, context is important. Yeah. That's exactly right. I don't disagree with the things that you're saying. I do think my opinion is a little bit different just because I, I haven't played Detroit Become Human before. Oh, you should. So I, Dif- so I, I, I really want to. Ooh, this this game made me... I'm just looking through this... it right now. It looks super interesting. Heavy Rain or Detroit? Detroit. Yeah, it, it does sound, um, seem really good. What I got from this was, hey, this isn't the best example probably of what an interactive movie game could be, but I get the idea... And now the technology is better. I'm more curious to see how much better it's gotten. So I'm definitely want to play Detroit more than I have before. Good. I'm but glad I wouldn't. You at least I, walked out of that feeling a little positive. Yeah, but I wouldn't say I was. I wasn't as uh, deterred from Heavy Rain as you were. I think it's because I don't have that nostalgia of when it first came out. I think. This a game like this probably would have a hard time with that because it's going for realistic. It's going for feeling real. Hmm. So it's going to be harder for it to live up to that. Was it seven years later? Right. Yeah. And I think that might be why it's not holding up as well for you. So I w- I actually would say if you haven't played Detroit before, maybe give this one a try before you play Detroit because I didn't well, I mind it what. too much. The story wasn't as super strong. The characters I thought were were bad. But I enjoyed it still at the end when things were kind of finishing up and I was seeing how things were playing out and seeing some of the consequences of my uh, actions, even though, as you kind of put it, like, they're not as drastic as you would hope. It was, it was still kind of nice to see some of those. Yeah. Like, Sean, um, I did end up finding Sean the kid, but the dad didn't because um, I didn't kill the guy um, when I was supposed to kill him. Oh, I yes, didn't... you didn't get the address? 
I didn't get the address, all the address. I thought that I had enough to guess it because apparently there's a way to guess it at the end if you have yep. th- if you completed three of, or four of the challenges. But I didn't do that. How did you cut off your uh, your finger? Uh, I used the plier. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I used the uh, the knife this time, but I used a saw one of the other times, oh, and god. that's one of the so toughest things. Like making yourself cut your finger off. I used the plier, but then I also um, disinfected it and I. Use the metal rod. Did you cauterize to, it? To cauterize it, yeah. You get a trophy, I think, if you, like, completely yep. cut off your finger safely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did it safely. I also really like... I do I've really like the fact before, that... I've so I know how to do it properly, so... <laughs> I like that the serial killer ended up being one of your characters, which is, like... I did Even though they too. had to straight-up lie to you in the pawn shop scene, or the yep. typewriter scene. They didn't but I liked that. lie to you, I don't think... They did. No, they, they do. They do. They do just yeah, show because him walk in. You and play find him the body. walk into the back and find the dead body, yeah. and then later they're like, "Oh no, he actually killed that person." That is kind of lazy writing. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of lazy. You couldn't couldn't guess it because I lied. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Um, what last thoughts do you have about Heavy Rain? Um. Great. I actually like the music a lot. <laughs> the music is good. <laughs> Why yeah. was that funny? What's... There's just a long delay, and so I assumed <laughs> oh. there was nothing that you wanted to say. So, Oh, no, no, no. I was just thinking about it. No, I, just, I, I liked the music a lot. Perfect. Yeah. Next up for September, we are playing Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Kong Quest. Um, I'm going to be playing it on a hacked SNES classic that my brother hacked. Oh, the ROM on wow, for that's me. awesome. Illegal, Chad. It hacking? is not illegal because go to jail? I didn't say it out loud. So. And then... Wait, is it? <laughs> you don't is say that actually? Illegal. I mean, you're downloading a ROM, yeah. I hope not. My parents own the cartridge, so... There you go. (laughs) You can also play it on Virtual Console on the Wii U. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Find a way to play it. Tell us your thoughts. Drawbean, Tunic, we are going to postpone your interrogative about indie games until next week, just for time's sake. Thank you for writing in, but we are going to come back to that. Welcome to our end game. We are going to talk about three things. One... We're going to go over a poll for the week. Two, we're going to talk about Participation Award because one of you guys is winning 20 bucks tonight. Three, we've got two quick games that I'm very excited to play with these two gentlemen. Number one, our poll for this week I put out yesterday. So, Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay was shown to the public today. What release date do you think we'll see? You have four options. My birthday, <laughs> your birthday, Santa's birthday, or is Santa's birthday Christmas? It's not. That's Jesus' birthday. <laughs> Every, overwhelmingly, everyone thinks it's going to come out on his Santa's birthday's Christmas. With 56%. <laughs> I personally voted for your birthday because I think that's really when it's going to come out. That's right. Participation award. You guys, one person is walking away $20 richer in game credit tonight because they either introduced us to someone new they recommended us to a friend. They reviewed us on a podcast service of their choice. They interacted with us on Twitter. Submit a subscriber interrogative. All sorts of shit you can do to get entries into our fucking thing. And I'm just talking to Stall while I bring up the spreadsheet <laughs> with all of the entries on it. Here we go. We've got 22, up from 8 last month. We've got 22 wow. entries for our participation award. We're going to find out who it is. Can I get a drum roll for my guests? <laughs> hey, Siri. Roll a 22-sided die. Hold on. Your drum roll was too loud. Roll a 22-sided <laughs> die. Oh, I was like, did she already say it? Pick a number 1 to 22. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 10. 
Number 10 is Fez IRL on Twitter. Congratulations, Woo. sir. You have won $20. I assume it's Steam, but I'm still going to DM you on Twitter to find out what you want. It's Fez. It's definitely Steam. It's definitely Steam. It's definitely Steam. If you guys... No, just send him a Nintendo Switch one. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he sell a Switch? I think he sold a Switch. Oh, he did. No, we'll send him Xbox. We know how much he loves Xbox. <laughs> you guys can participate. Again, we're still doing two entries if you tell us how you discovered our podcast, because I really want to freaking know. Um, <laughs> but what I've been looking forward to most is... Game on Game Show. It's our new segment. Where hold on, I actually wrote this out. Are you guys ready? This is Game on Game Show. The game show. Game on. Game on our gaming show with respawn aim fire. <laughs> game on. This week we've game got show. two games. Game on. Indeed. I've got one game show game about Pokemon because I know that we have a huge Pokemon fan and Daniel here on the podcast. So I wanted to cater to that. Oh man. I've got another one that hopefully is a recurring segment. We're going to start with Pokemon. We're going to wrap up with that other one. Um, so this game, I actually found... I was inspired by Easy Allies podcast. They play a game submitted by a user called Pokemon or Animal, where they read the description. And they have to figure <laughs> out, is it a Pokedex description or a real-life animal? Oh, man. And uh, I heard some really crazy shit on there. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's figure out some uh, really great Pokemon descriptions. Shit, hold on. I've lost it. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Got it. All right, so I'm going to describe a Pokemon from their Pokedex entry. I'll tell you the the version of Pokemon they came from, and for Holden's sake, I did not include X, Y, black, white. I kind of kept it to the first couple of generations. Dang. Okay. Uh, or something that appears from those, but also is in something like Sun and Moon. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because <laughs> so, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and describe it. I need you guys to guess the Pokemon. Its skin is very thin. If it is exposed to light, its blood heats up, causing it to grow weak. This is from Pokemon Gold. Oh, Jesus. Um, one more time? Skin is, so it's probably its gonna skin be is very thin. Uh-huh. If it is exposed to light, its blood heats up, causing it to grow weak. Gen one, uh, Gen two, you said. The yes, description comes from Gold. Okay, Gen two. That's all I'll say. Huh. I'm thinking it's gonna be a cave-based Pokemon. It has to be someone who's not outside in the sun potentially, or they're only out at nighttime at least. That's a good guess. Uh, and I know there was a lot of dark Pokemon that were only out at night in Gold and Silver. Oof. Or a water Pokemon. But I, uh, oh yeah, or a water Pokemon. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> So can I ask you, Chad, did you pick these based on, I'm going to be as obscure as possible, or, ha, it's so funny how common these Pokemon are. I picked this just because I was like, that's fucking either morbid or, like, really weird or crazy. Wait, so did you make it such that there were potentially animals in here as well? I did not include animals. I just did Pokemon. Okay, okay. Um, That'd be really mean if he's like, and this one comes from Ruby, why not? But it's really a walrus. (laughs) And I've only taken, I've only edited these to take out the name <laughs> if they say the name in the description. Okay. Other than that, they're straight from the Pokedex. Shit. Um, I have no clue with this one. Well, I have no idea. It's either. I think the cave. I think you're onto something with the cave thing. Yeah, but I was thinking about though, cave is gonna be Diglett, but they wouldn't have thin skin because they're digging all the time. Mm. That wouldn't make any sense. Um, it can't be like a Graveler or something like that because it's a rock Pokemon. Can Zubats be outside? Can you have a Zubat? I would assume in grass? so. Jeez, this is hard. 
Okay, one, yeah. one more time. <laughs> its skin is very thin. Uh-huh. If it is exposed to light, its blood heats up, causing it to grow weak. Done sparse. This one is Diglett. What? What? Can you imagine that? This thing like no goes way. out to attack like a Butterfree, <laughs> and its fucking blood boils, and it explodes. It's like, oh my god, what? You should have just said Diglett. That doesn't make any sense, but they'd have, like you said, they'd have to have tough skin to dig like they do. They can't have thin skin. That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. I'm going to give you a a little easier one. Yeah. It originally came from the tropics. Its heads steadily grow larger from exposure to strong sunlight. It is said that when the heads fall off, they form its first evolution. Oh, that's very easy. Go, Holden. So I'm confusing the two because there's the evolved form and there's the first form. Uh, I'm here to catch you if you fall. I'm going to fall. It's like (laughs) Volt. It's like Voltorb. It looks like the Pokemon, but it's like Voltorb or something like that. It looks like the Pokeball. Ooh, uh, no, not that one. What's that? Nope. It's Executor. Yes. Oh, duh. Executor. I just find it really morbid that when they get decapitated, that forms an Execute. Yeah. <laughs> Their head literally falls off and becomes an And execute. it just goes back into single Execute form. Yep. I should have known Dude, that the dex entries are fucking wild. Yep. <laughs> uh, this one, the dex entry is from X... However, it is a Gen 1 Pokemon, so I'll give you that. Okay. Sludge, exposed to x-rays from the moon, transformed into this Pokemon. It loves feeding on filthy things. I can picture it. I don't know the name of this one. It's... Do you even it's like the... Pokemon? <laughs> it's the slimy guy. It starts with a G. The G, really? Oh. I mean, the first... Put G on the beginning of slimy and you're close. <laughs> Is it grimy? (laughs) (laughs) So close. It's grimy. Grimer. There you go. (laughs) All right. Uh, This one I found particularly disturbing as well. It happened one morning. A boy with extrasensory powers awoke in a bed transformed into this Pokemon. What? This comes from Fire Red. No fucking way. Um, Yep. Mr. Mime. Okay, well, I already said it. That's my guess. Mr. Mime. Yeah, that sounds right. This the is only Kadabra. One person. Nice. Kadabra. Really? really? Um, Every Kadabra is a boy, a little boy, <laughs> that got transformed wait, in the middle of the night. Uh, that sounds like just an, Abra. An, an apocryphal tale that they tell about it. Yeah. Well, but, but then what's an Abra? An Abra turns into a Kadabra, That's why right? I, I picked something that had no evolution. I don't, I don't know. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to think this Pokemon thing is smoke and mirrors, and it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this is all BS. <laughs> this one's another disturbing one. Uh, this is from Pearl. It tries to bring children to the underworld by pulling onto their hands, but it gets swung around instead. Satan. <laughs> I have no. I didn't you play kept, Highlander You kept Pearl. Gen two and Gen one Pokemon. One, you said this one is also in Sun and Moon. One more time with the description. It tries to bring children to the underworld by pulling on their hands, but it gets swung around instead. Wait, the Dex entries from Sun and Moon? The Dex entries from Pearl. However, this Pokemon also appears in Sun and Moon. I see. Um, Sounds like a ghost Pokemon. So then this Pokemon could potentially appear in Pearl. Uh, this Pokemon does appear in Pearl. Mm. <sighs> oh, we got that thunder here in Chicago. Mm, I know. The storm was wild the past couple of days. Um... I'm out of ideas. I have no idea. I'm going to guess a ghost Pokemon that's not accurate. Uh, Dusclops. Haunter. 
There you go. This one is Drifloon. Oh! Drifloon? Drifloon? It's a balloon Pokemon. Yes. And oh. it's trying to oh. drag kids to hell. Huh. There's another one right, that we'll it's do, like... Uh, they only get flailed around when they grab onto their hands. There's another one, another dex entry for Drifloon that it's like catching children and floating away with them somewhere. Yep. Yep. I should have known. I'm going to read... Uh, we'll do two more. It has very thin skin. It is possible to see the Pokemon's innards right through the skin. Despite its thinness, however, the skin is also very flexible. Even sharp fangs bounce right off it. This comes Start from over Rudy. again. You kind of broke up for a second at the beginning. It has very thin skin. It's possible mm-hmm. to see the Pokemon's, the Pokemon's innards Pokemon. right through the skin. Despite its thinness, however, the skin is also very flexible. Even sharp fangs bounce right off of it. Which game is this from? The dex entry is from Ruby. However, it is a Gen 1 Pokemon. Oh. It was funny. I had an idea for Pokemon that was in Ruby, but it started in Ruby. So it's not that, that one. Um, well, it's from the original 151. What Pokemon can you see the inside of them? Um, did uh, it has thin skin, but its claws can't break through it, right? Yeah, that's what it said. Um, uh, this is maybe a stretch, but what's that water Pokemon that has the shell? Its skin might be thin, but its shell isn't thin. Oh, maybe you're not. Wait, Poliwhirl. No, it's not Poliwhirl. It's um, because Poliwhirl is the uh, the tadpole looking one. This one's more like a clam. Well, no, I think, but I think the Poliwhirl. Oh, you think the Poliwhirl is this one? Yeah, something. You are okay. close enough that I'll give it to you. It's Poliwhirl. Oh my god, really? I was just okay. yes. Oh shit. Okay. Oh wow. Yes. And then See, finally, that's, last that's one. That's the tough thing where it says its skin is really thin, but it's like can repel claws. I've never thought about that in combat in a Pokemon game before. How thin a Pokemon skin is. It's just odd. That's you what you used to You would it. if it were a fighting game. That's an exact <laughs> Pokemon tournament, man. Pokemon yep. by it right now. Um, Don't I buy it, Chad. You're never going to play it. <laughs> it, d- it did originally say it is possible to see the Pokemon spiral innards. So I cut that Yeah, that would have been a giveaway. Oh, yeah. All right, last one. It can topple an Indian elephant by enveloping the prey in two seconds. Wait. This is a Gen they, 1 Pokemon. Did they just confirm that there are... Oh, so this was like red and blue and... It's that awkward time when they didn't confirm I that found, Pokemon are oh animals. My anyway. Yeah. There was like there was a, an Arcanine entry that's like, he's this Chinese dog. And it's like, fucking China exists? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it can topple an Indian elephant by enveloping the prey in two seconds. Um, it's a Gen 1 Pokemon. By, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. One more time. It can topple an, an, an Indian elephant by enveloping the prey in two seconds. I feel like the Indian part's very important. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the topple and envelop are two by enveloping Snorlax because it envelops it with its fucking stomach. I don't know. Uh, while tackling, that's a yeah. That's a really weird way of writing it. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think if a, animals fighting enveloping would be part of that. No. This one is ghastly. Oh, oh. Huh. that makes sense. Okay, that would envelop someone. I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> All right. What Moving was on the game number two? That one again. Uh, that was, it can topple an Indian elephant in less than two seconds by, oh wait, I'm, I already moved past it. By yeah, see, that's what threw me off is the topple. 
Yep. Oh, okay. Interesting. Those are uh, tough. We're move Those on to are really number tough. two. Did we get one? We got one of them, didn't you guys, we? Get, yeah, we polywag. Polywag. Oh, oh, my God. God. Daniel, thank you. And executor. And executor, executor right. right. Again, Daniel, thank you. Yeah, hold on. I have, I have uh, like, five more here, but I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to play them with you because... You're think you were trying to think of the Pokemon Shelter, and you said, "What's that shell Pokemon?" And you couldn't think of its name. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the name is amazing. That's hysterical. <laughs> All right, one last game. I want this one to kind of be maybe recurring. I've made up a game called BuzzFeed Presents. Which bullshit NPC are you? Based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. So we're gonna take a quiz together, a Cosmo style quiz, where I'm gonna give you a question. We have three answers. Only one answer can go to one person. So we'll take turns as to who answers first each time. And then based on the number value associated with each answer, answer, which I have in front of me that you guys don't see, you will be assigned one of three NPCs that describes you. These are all arbitrary. None of them have anything to do with each other, but it's going to be fun anyway. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. So the first question of this quiz, which class do you start as in an RPG? The weak-ass ranger? The dumb-ass warrior? Or the frail ass mage, Daniel. As our guest, you get to go first. Um, one more time. The weak ass ranger, mm-hmm. the dumb ass warrior, or the frail ass mage. Shit. Uh, number one. Weak ass ranger. All right, Holden. Are you the dumb ass warrior or the frail ass mage? I am the dumb ass warrior. Dude, I always choose the frail ass mage. There you nice. go. Nice. All right. Question number two. Which weapon is your go to? Is it a rocket launcher in a tiny hallway? Is it a pistol in an open field? Do you bring the hallway with you? <laughs> <laughs> no How questions. How does that work? <laughs> is it a pistol in an open field? Or are you wielding a knife on a crowded battlefield? Holden, what is your answer? Uh, rocket launcher, of course. Rocket launcher in a hallway. All right. Well, so I, what's, the, what's the meaning of the location with your weapon? I've never thought about... It just looks stupid. Well, like, <laughs> you're, yeah, okay. it's like it's the appropriateness of the, of the weapon. Okay. All right, so holding so you got the rocket launcher. launcher. Daniel, are you a pistol in an open field, or are you a knife on a crowded battlefield? I'm going to go with number three, a knife on a crowded battlefield. All right. Which leaves me with pistol in an open field. Great. Which stat do you level up first? I know the real answer to this one for Holden. Endurance, because you're a hoarder and you need to carry a lot of bread. Strength, because you got to compensate for your tiny vagina. Wisdom, because you plan on being a pussy and shooting magic missiles from afar. Daniel, do you level up endurance, strength, or wisdom first? Uh, endurance. All right. Holden, that means you got to choose something else. Do you have a tiny vagina, or are you a pussy? <laughs> I'm a strong man with a tiny vagina. <laughs> All right. Strong man, right. tiny vagina it is, which means I'm a pussy with magic missiles. <laughs> what, which one do you think I would have picked, Shed? Uh, endurance. That's always you what you level up in Dark Souls. Yeah. Which one? You're always like, oh my god, I can roll. Endurance, endurance. Actually, I go for health first. Endurance. Oh, shut up. Get out of here. Three questions left. Which elemental magic do you special in? Fire, because you got to compensate for your tiny vagina. <laughs> Ice, because you never learned how to love. Or lightning, because you get off on torturing people. Holden, what's your element? Ice, because I never learned how to love. <laughs> All right. Daniel, what is your element? You delivered that with, like, I believed you for a second. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think you know how to love people. <laughs> My heart is black. That's right. 
<laughs> You're like that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger version of Mr. Freeze. Like, <laughs> I, I, I predict that there's about to be a freeze. Uh, <laughs> Let's get ready to freeze. <laughs> um, okay, remind me of the options that I now have. You have fire because you have a tiny vagina. Uh-huh. Or lightning because you get off on torturing people. Ooh. Um, God, both those things are true about me. Um <laughs> I don't know. Let's go with uh let's go with I have a tiny vagina. That sounds All right. Lightning or fire for your tiny vagina. That's right. And the mage gets to pick his magic powers last. These are the go. mage, right, Chad? Yep. Yeah. Number five, which game mechanic do you most relate to? Random encounters that just can't take a hint that no one wants you around. <laughs> Weapon durability because love is fleeting. Or a small inventory because you love micromanaging people to death. Oh, God. This is which one we dislike the most? Or what, which one? Which one do you most relate to? Oh, do I most relate to? Okay, one more time. Random encounters that just can't take a hint that no one wants you around. Mm-hmm. Weapon durability because love is fleeting. Or a small inventory because you love micromanaging people to death. I'm going to go with, uh, with number two. Weapon durability. All right. That's right. Holden, random encounters or small inventory? Small inventory. Cannot stand random encounters. All right. And final question. Who's your nemesis? An all-powerful being that comes from another dimension to eat your world because it's delicious. (laughs) An incompetent puppet who's actually just a a pawn of someone much cooler. Okay. (laughs) Or someone just like you, but a little twattier, who wants to just be better than you are. One more Holden, time. you're up. All-powerful being that comes yeah. from another dimension to eat your world because it's delicious. <laughs> An incompetent puppet who's actually just a pawn of someone much cooler, or someone just like you, but a little twattier who wants to just be a better who wants to be better than you are. Well, I'm pretty delicious, so that means I'm in a delicious world. All right, you are an all-powerful being, Daniel. Yep. Are you a no, little no, no, twattier, or are you incompetent? Being. Uh, number three has Pokemon written all over it, so I'm gonna go with that. That's exactly the inspiration for it. Perfect. Which leaves me uh, with uh, my nemesis is the incompetent puppet. <laughs> All right. So based on the value. Will Chad given be to the incompetent answer, puppet? I know, I, know it's, <laughs> I know it's figurative, but I keep thinking a literal puppet. Like every time. <laughs> <laughs> so based on the value that I assigned to each of these answers, totally arbitrarily, Daniel, you left with 10 points. Okay. Holden, you have... 14. Ooh. And that leaves me with 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There you go. I won. Starting with the least number of points. Daniel, the NPC that you most relate to is Carol, but spelled like a bitch, so regular. (laughs) (laughs) You're a weak little bitch who just hangs out in front of her house all the time. Okay. Although you never leave your front yard, you somehow have all these rare as fuck quest rewards to give away. (laughs) You're one of those bullshit old people who take advantage of your age by stealing shit from museums and stores and blaming it on being senile. You fucking klepto. (laughs) At least you're Robin Hood about it and give away your shit to heroes who save that little twat nephew that keeps getting lost in that cave in the backyard. That checks out. That checks out. Yep. Yeah. Next up, me with the middle score of 12. I am Billiam. Billiam. I'm a cowardly little twat who's... I love the word twat. I'm a cowardly little twat who somehow hasn't been shot down on the battlefield of World War II yet. I'm constantly riding the hero's coattails, and because I'm somehow the luckiest motherfucker in the world, I never get shot despite running around the battlefield and glitching through cover. <laughs> it's super unfair. 
I shake from fear constantly because I'm a little bitch, <laughs> and I've never actually once hit an enemy because of it. Like, why am I even here? <laughs> Holden, as the person who scored the most points on this quiz, you are Martin with an O. Ooh. <laughs> You're a piece of Mark shit hoarder who loves collecting broken swords and shields. <laughs> your wife left you because you can't keep track of your shit, so you Wait, specialize in asking with low little... inventory? This doesn't make sense, Chad. <laughs> no, you're a hoarder who collects broken and shields. Yes, but I have low inventory, as we discussed earlier when he asked him questions. Oh, well, that's, that's your fault for not making this quiz. So. <laughs> <laughs> your wife left you because you can't keep track of your shit, so you specialize in asking little boys to go and find your five carrots in the forest beside your house. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. because you're lazy as fuck. In exchange... <laughs> You give them garbage swords that start them on a journey of becoming mass murderers who eventually redeem themselves by killing the big bag. Big bad. Grow up, keep track of your shit, and if you can't stop dropping shit in the forest, stop going in the forest. Wow, looks like I came out on top here. Yeah, that has been BuzzFeed Presents Which Bullshit NPC Are You? Based on a novel pushed by Sapphire. We are not sponsored by BuzzFeed or the movie Precious, although they're both great. That has been our episode for Respawn Aim Fire for the week of whatever the fuck it is. Woo. Daniel, I've only Woo. met you through the internet and spoken to you for hours, but I feel like we're best friends. That's right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Pimp your stuff one more time. I'm sorry? Where can people find you? Pimp your stuff one oh, more time. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, podcast, Tech Kila. Check it out. We take shots of uh, alcohol, or if you're Chad, you take shots of uh, crack, basically. <laughs> <laughs> basically crack. Go listen to the episode. It's crack cocaine. <laughs> it's good. It's fun. These guys will be on it again sometime soon. Um, oh, yes, we will. Yeah, that's it. Go check it if out. If people love it and they want to pay you money, because that's a cool thing they can do. That's right. Where do they go? You go to patreon.com slash cast. I forget the URL. It might be just tequila. But anyway, yeah, search us there. Give us money. I like money. Money makes me happier because I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, guys, we'll be back next week. Same time, same whatever podcast service you're listening to. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Peace. Toodles. Bye.